know I say this a lot, but that might be my favorite intro we've ever had. Holy shit. It's just so damn hype. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Kind of Funny Space Jam in Review. That's right. We're ranking and reviewing every Space Jam movie. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by Blessing at AOEA Jr. Come on and slam. And welcome to the jam. Snowbike Mike. Tim, let's get loony. Let's get loony, baby. Of course, we have Nick Scarpino. What's going on, Tim? I'm very excited to talk about this film. The biggest baller I know, Andy Cortez. Do you think Shaq remembers who I am? No. I feel like if we showed him the I clip of no. him touching your head, it would flash. Shaq oh, has been in so many of those one-on-one like press interview things that you are a blur to him. He, Shaq was just thinking about lunch. He didn't care about what was happening there. He was not going to remember you at all. I do see... I do see Shaq as the guy that doesn't go out of his way necessarily to he's a big time celebrity, right? He doesn't need to add extra words to a conversation if he doesn't need to. But the fact that he kept on being like, I swear I've seen you on the Internet before. I think my kids watch you. I think my kid watches you. Like the fact that he was saying that, I think that maybe he doesn't remember me. But for sure. I, he his kids didn't never watch anything we do, <laughs> or, he, or he just thinks you were ninja. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. possible. That's true. <laughs> I mean, listen, DM him, see what happens. Okay, shoot him a yeah, DM. DM Shaq right now. See what's up. What's up, Shaq? Hey, Shaq, remember this and send him the clip. And if he's like Andy, I've been waiting for you to DM me for three years now. It'll be a little lost love connection, just like please, Craigslist. Please it's remove uh, me from this intro on Space Jam and review. It's kind of funny. It's in review where each and every week we rank and review two different movie franchises. Uh, right now, we are doing Space Jam, like I said. But next week, we're returning to the MCU in review with our Loki in review and then after that we're going to be doing uh, a couple back-to-back pixar reviews returning to that universe before returning to dceu in review with the suicide squad james guns the suicide squad uh which just got moved up a day so oh out on thursday now or wednesday at midnight on hbo max and on uh in theaters but that's not what we're talking about today today of course we are talking about space jam a new legacy and of course shout out to our patreon producer molecule you can get the show youtube.com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com podcast services search for kind of funny in review or if you want to get the show ad free and be a patreon producer patreon.com slash kind of funny uh today we're brought to you by canva but i'll tell you all about that later space jam a new legacy a runtime of one hour and 55 minutes released on july 16th 2021 in theaters and on hbo max it is the first full-length looney tunes theatrical film since Looney Tunes back in action in 2003, 18 years ago. Haven't gotten much of the tunes lately. Uh, but a lot of people in the comments and on Twitter corrected a, a major wrong that I made last week during the Matt Batson Space Jam game plan, of course, where I was saying that the Space Jam website was still up from the 90s and was taken down, replaced by this, and that is a crime. It is still up. If you go to spacejam.com slash 1996, this is it in all of its glory. Uh, if you click around a bit there, Barrett, it is just such a 1996 website. Great. You want to listen to some yeah. Lunar Tunes? Hit that movie soundtrack. Yeah, Wait, click on that. See what what a noisy doing. background. Oh, my God. It's terrible. <laughs> Wait, spacejam.com slash 1996? Is it a... Mm-hmm. Oh, now you have to spell it out. No, it's just 1996. Yeah, 1996 works. 
Um, it's not working for me. It might yeah, be Space Jam You got to love this. Got the soundtrack and oh everything. Let's go. Can you download too. it straight from the website? There's real audio. Do you guys remember real audio? That was the worst yeah, thing real in players, the man. world. Real players. Everyone yeah, thought that was going to be the thing. It was like FOVs and real player. And you were like, yes. Is there, it? There's a bar th- somewhere there. Something about like, I need to get quick time to because I'm a real player. Like there's something there right oh, there. there. Bless, yeah, give, me, to work give, me, on that. give me 10 seconds. Yeah. Give me 10, 10 seconds. seconds. <laughs> wow. Man. Wow. I'm a you player in real time. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at this page hurts my eyes. Holy crap. Love this. Kids, Love this. Much awaits you here in Looney Tune land. <laughs> Junior jam. Anyways, what? it's fun. I love that they they kept it and that it still exists uh, for all of us to look wow. back on and have fun That's with. Uh, but this movie was supposed to be directed by Justin Lin, who had to exit wow. the project because he signed on for Fast 9 and Fast mm. 10 to end that whole series. Uh, so he was replaced with Malcolm D. Lee, an American director, producer, and screenwriter. And boys, I can't wait to tell you the list of things he's directed because it is a whole bunch of fun. The Best Man. Undercover oh. brother. Yes. First off. Wow. I, we need to take these one by one because mm-hmm. the best man and the best man holiday, all great films. The best man series. He also did that. Also did the best man holiday in, in 2013. You. Great. Uh, we of course have undercover, undercover brother, uh, the Eddie, Eddie Griffin, right? Eddie Griffith. Yes. That was an Eddie Which Griffin one? vehicle. Griffin. Yes, yes, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have roll bounce in 2005. Oh, fucking a, I wow. love roll bounce. Have we have Welcome like... Home, Roscoe Jenkins in 2008. Soul Man, the classic Soul Man wow. in 2008. Wait. Oh, okay. I was like, not the C. Thomas Howard one. That was, no. like, that was like late 90s or late, late 80s. Scary movie. Not one, not two, yeah. not three, no. not four. Five. No. Five. Five. Scary movie. Five, is where, no. five. five is where a lot of people, a lot of hardcore scary movie people believe that's when it gets good. That's the Tokyo drift of the scary oh. movie. Oh. I love like that Mike. Tim just did a LeBron reference right there. Yeah. Yep, he did. He did. Entirely on purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, Night School in 2018. Oh, I could not yeah, get through that movie. Uh-huh. Oh. Made a lot of money. Made <laughs> a lot was, of money. That was a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the music was done by Chris Bowers. In January 2020, uh, it was announced that Hans Zimmer was going to be the composer for this film. He did a lot of work on it, but then at some point, uh, there was a partnership with Chris, and then at some other point, they just totally backed out. It became a, a like Chris getting full credit on it, even though Hans Zimmer did a lot of the score. Uh, this movie had a budget of $150 million and has a current box office. Of $194 million. That's pretty damn impressive given the pandemic and where we're at right now and the fact that this movie just came out today domestically. Nick Scarpino from Kind of Funny. Do you have a a figure on how much of that budget went toward the absolutely terrible costumes that they rented for the background people that were watching the game? I mean, you got to imagine it was a lot, in fact, because there was a lot of them. Because at one point, there was 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 half of the movie. There's one point there's a Mr. Freeze costume. That looks like it was straight out of Halloween spirit. And I respected it. <laughs> or did it look like it was straight out of Batman Forever? Uh, Batman, Batman and Robin? And Robin. Robin, and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry, Joey. Yeah. Don't mean to don't Get mean to right. insult you. Forever's <laughs> the good one. Joey, I'd like to apologize on Tim's behalf. As his conciliary and concept. Uh but yeah, this is it's looking like it's gonna actually perform pretty well at the box office, which is fun to see. But let's move on to our thoughts. Blessing, let's start with you. 
I was hoping you wouldn't start with me because I am working on the verse that Andy asked for. Let's start with you. Andy, it's you. Did you say Andy? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I am disappointed with this movie. I am disappointed. I think this movie does a lot of neat stuff that I wish was in part one. But overall, I think part one is just a much more enjoyable movie. I think LeBron James needed a... Wayne Wright or uh, Bill Murray type character opposite him. I know he made the joke about I'm as I'm I'm as short as Kevin Hart. Like I needed a Kevin Hart in this movie across of LeBron James, kind of always there. Like maybe don't even play Kevin Hart. Maybe be his whatever publicist or um, I just needed something else there because this movie was just missing a lot of that comedic touch. I. I think I maybe laughed at one joke of, that was a basketball joke about some reference. Of, you left. You're gonna leave Cleveland again, or I don't know what the hell they said. Was, he was like, he left Cleveland, then he left Miami, then he left Cleveland again. And <laughs> and LA, no, watch okay, out! Or you said LA, something like watch that. Watch out! Um, I, I, I don't know. I I thought all those references were um, th- there was some decent basketball stuff that I enjoyed, but for the most part, goddamn, just a lot of the jokes just fell extremely flat for me. Um, I don't, I don't like the new voice of Bugs. I, I don't, obviously it's not the new voice. Yeah. I just liked Billy West version way more than this new person who's probably been doing it for the last 10 years or something like that. Um, yeah, I think this movie, when we talked about the first Space Jam and how we needed that family element to tie everything together, this movie has that, but it's missing so much more, um, uh, around, you know, when it comes to just funny dialogue and characters, I think this movie has those hype moments and this movie makes the final play feel way more exciting than what the first movie did with the final play. How it was just kind of, oh, this long dunk. Oh, that's the end of the game. Oh, shit. This movie does that a lot better. But uh, it's just still missing so much more for me. So I was pretty disappointed with this one where about 30 minutes in, I'm just like, Oof, this is not this is really, really bad. And I was telling Nick earlier that I thought LeBron was going to be like 50% better than MJ. And I don't even know if I think he was like just as good as MJ as an actor. I, I would think of that one sequence from that one movie, Nick, that we, that I always bring up train wreck uh, train from train wreck yeah. where he had such a great performance, but feels the show and, and it's just showing his, and I thought he had great line delivery in that, in that scene. And then for whatever reason, this movie, every line just felt like basketball player trying to act. So well, I was I pretty think, disappointed with this movie. Yeah, I think in that movie, unfortunately, he was acting opposite um, David Hader. David Hader? Bill Hader. Yeah. No. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. <laughs> David Hader's all his name. Yeah, <laughs> um, but with, and Bill Hader, obviously, being the lead, like, LeBron was just nice to kind of come in and pepper some of the humor into that one. But I would actually I would actually disagree with you a little bit, Andy. Tim, if I may go, if I may take go for it, Nick. Uh, I thought yours. this movie was leaps and bounds. Um, no pun intended, ahead of the original Space Jam. I think all of my criticisms with the original one were they didn't find a creative way to work in the family, um, and I thought that it was the movie was lacking a little bit of heart because of that, was very much solved in this. And I think LeBron is a... I don't... To say that he's a good actor would be a stretch. Um, he's not a good actor in any stretch of the imagination, and in fact, I think it's so self-aware that they have that line where he's like, athletes getting into acting this never turns out well and that's obviously a wink and a nod to the audience saying like we we get it he's not a great actor but i think he's very charismatic and i think he has some lines that kept me going um there's just a moment at the end 
where Bugs is like, can I come stay with you? And he's like, you can absolutely come stay with me. It's Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. And it got a laugh out of me. I was like, dude, he's got some good comedic chops. And he at least attempts range and sometimes gets it and sometimes fails with it. And so I can see the energy and the and the effort that went into the role. And because he's such just a, a fascinating, charismatic, and fun human being, I bought into it. And I, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed it significantly more than the original Space Jam. Snow Michael, Michael. What you, you know, think? really well said from the both of you, and I, I feel both sides to this. I actually thought Mike, the you beginning have to pick one. You have to pick between mom and dad. Uh, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. Don't worry okay. about that. Don't you worry about that. Uh, <laughs> I, was like, I no, think the beginning for me here, buddy. started a little slow, right? I was a little worried. I was like, man, is this gonna hit the mark? I think Andy said it so well of like LeBron for two full hours, right? That is a lot for him to carry. And there were some moments at the beginning where I was like, I don't think this is gonna happen. But right when we started the game, right? And they gave you a good hour of game time here in that second half. And it just became fun, right? And I think, Nick, you hit on it. It had that heart. It had that family moment there. And I was like, man, this is really cool to see. And I actually, I feel that, right? That was something we talked about from the first one into this. And for me, it turned out to be a fun and enjoyable movie, right? I really enjoyed where we went. I loved the updated look of it all, right? Here we are in 2021 and how they made the look of the Monstars with all of the NBA players we now know and love using WNBA players as well. And then on the flip side, the tunes and the crowd, the references of Ernie Johnson and Little Rel holding down the commentating oh God, booth. Guys, I really loved that. And so I, I actually came around on it on the second half. And right towards the end there, I really, I felt it. And I had a lot of fun. And I know this movie isn't geared towards a 31-year-old male with no children at all, but I will say I had a good time. And I think if this was eight-year-old Mike, I would have had a blast as well. Nick? On the on, one note on the look, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. When I watched the trailer, I remember thinking, God, I, I really don't – I'm not vibing with the 3D-ness of this. But I think they did a really, really smart thing is that they did a majority of this in 2D and really made me go, oh, wow, that's really awesome. Like I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool that there's so much of this was done in that hand-drawn 2D style. And then when they transitioned over, I was like, eh, I'm not ready for it. And then five minutes later, I was like, all right, all right, it's okay. I'm, I'm actually okay. I, I, I kind of wish they hadn't that. made a big deal about it. Uh, uh, yeah. When, when um, algae rhythm is like, here's your new updated versions. Yeah. I kind of wish it just happened where the basketball court fell down. Everything turned digitized. And I wish that they turned digitized as well. Yeah. I didn't like the whole kind of presenting. Here's your new look. And here's like, why are you're the bad guy? Why are you kind of like showing off how cool you're making us look now? And uh, yeah, also just on the point of algae rhythm. I did not like John Don Cheadle in this movie. I couldn't disagree with you more. Oh my God. I loved it. I I needed anybody else to be in that role. I just, I I just did not think he was entertaining at all. And, uh, I needed just somebody funny and somebody that didn't also even 3d version of Don Cheadle was just like so much worse than (laughs) than it really was. But do you think he'll get nominated for best supporting actor? Yes, he will for his four lines in uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, the I, I don't know. I just needed somebody else, somebody more. I wanted like Hannibal Burris or something, somebody so, with more, more of kind of. Actor. Yeah, because like Don Cheadle's a good actor and he's got good charisma, but I just didn't feel like I feel like he was fourth option for this. I don't know. I felt like he was first option. Everyone's like, "Holy shit, we got him!" And they, but they, but in the back of their mind, someone's like, "What if we could get?" a comic to actually do this. I, I mean, I, I mean, Don Cheadle's a phenomenal actor. So I thought he did, I thought he did it pretty well with it. I was pretty fascinated by it, but I don't know. I was also like, I don't know. Here's my question for you guys. Sorry to non sequitur. And then we'll, bless. I want to hear what your thoughts also. 
Do you think it lost a little bit of the magic when it went from 2D to 3D? Or were you guys just like, I'm okay with this? I thought it was cool. No, I thought it was awesome. Because okay. at I first like I was like, it's not the same to me. And then I was like, I hate it. I was like a child. I'm like, I don't like it. It's a new thing. I don't like the change the wrapper on this. And then by the end of the game, I was like, actually, I came around. I, 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 I needed more Zendaya. I, would, I came around. More I was, Zendaya. I was about oh, man, Andy, I think me and you were just on total opposite sides of this. I, I hated Zendaya. Really? I, I, missed, I thought that she was so not good in this. I love her. I love her. Her as Lola didn't work for me at all. Wow. Bless, though. What, wow. what do you think about the movie? Well, to uh, to Nick's point, right? I think the first half, I was kind of scared when they were making the transition from 2D to 3D. But the writing is so good by the time they switched to 3D in terms of the jokes and in terms of the flow of the movie that I didn't mind it. I was actually very fine with it. But I did have that fear as we were making that transition because I think the 2D stuff stylistically just looks better yeah. uh, and is way easier to read than the 3D stuff. The 3D stuff does look rough in some points, but... I think it's it's carried by the actual momentum of the game and everything that's happening. Uh, so there's that. Two, I got your rap. I got your verse. Okay, right, it's it four is. bars. It's four four bars. Oh, four. Damn. It's all on the Game Boy. I ain't bugging in my free time. Only fast forward, man. There's no need to rewind. When I see the other team, you know that it's meal time. Andy, don't you know that I'm a player in real time? That's what, oh, I got. Wow. that's what i got that's wow. what i got thank wow you. thank you i do this all day hire me hire the gear riders i can be your ghost right calling. stop talking about playstation get out there so so yeah like I, I feel like this movie lebron james his acting i feel like is subpar i think he does have the charm that you guys mentioned earlier but uh, last week or last episode last space jam in review i mentioned that you know all michael jordan needs to do is be michael jordan and people will get it it's fine and I take that back wholeheartedly. I feel like in this movie, LeBron James was LeBron James, but it's, it's almost like they gave him way too many lines because I felt in so many moments, I was like, all right, like you're you're doing your best, man. Like you're definitely not an actor. And I really felt that. But yeah. I think towards the end, he did have his charm. And so I, I like that. Uh, I feel like the, the, the writing was kind of messy in a lot of places in terms of the moment to moment. You know, this is why we're playing basketball. This is why I want to play with the Looney Tunes. Like the, the the whys of why things are happening, I feel like we're really messy and didn't make make sense in a lot of points. Aside from that, I absolutely adored this movie. I had a blast. I thought it was super awesome. I I made a list of all the all the references that I could catch in the moment because there are so many times in this movie where I was like, wait, hold up, is that this? Wait, hold up, is that Steven Yoon? Wait, hold up, is that Rick and Morty? Like, there's so oh many God. things. Everything. Where I stopped and I was like, what the fuck is this movie? And it's the funny thing where you understand it because it's Warner Brothers and they're basically making Ready Player One again. And, yeah, and, I was going to say. Yeah, turning it, it into a Space Jam thing. But for me, as somebody who skipped Ready Player One, I didn't really care to watch that movie. Jumping jumping into it with this movie and seeing all the different references brought in in a way that felt very fun, very quick and very like, hey, we're going to make a reference and then move on to the next one. I really appreciated that, especially in the second half where I felt like. The actual Looney Tunes element of the movie really shone through in a way that I really liked because I'm somebody who really likes Looney Tunes. I feel like Looney Tunes doesn't get a, as much love nowadays as maybe they did during my childhood because Space Jam was the thing that came out during my mm -hmm. childhood. But I remember watching Looney Tunes on Cartoon Network and being like, oh my, like, I guess I wasn't like this, but thinking back to Looney Tunes, I was, I, I think about it all the time and I'm like, man, I always had a blast watching Looney Tunes. I always had a blast watching Bugs Bunny. I always had a blast watching Elmer Fudd and all the different characters goof around. And there's something about Looney Tunes humor specifically that I think is just timeless and classic and just works anytime, anytime it's done well. And I feel like the second half of this movie is Looney Tunes humor done well in a way that I really appreciated and I thought 
worked way better than I could have imagined in this movie. There is so many jokes. There's the uh, granny doing the Neo thing, which I thought the was Matrix hilarious. Thing. There's yeah, a time where, where she makes a basket and she says game blouses. And oh. I lost it. I absolutely fucking lost it at that line. And there's so many points in this movie where I did, I did lose it from laughter. Uh, and so I really appreciated this movie. I thought overall they did such a wonderful job. It's not like an immaculate film or anything like that. But as a fun time that is, you know, trying to make so many pop references and be a family movie that doesn't have to be high stakes. I think they did a phenomenal job and I really dug it. Yeah. And just to kind of like, uh, to kind of echo a lot of your points of, um, what this movie does better story-wise. Um, yeah. Not only do I think this movie does way better with all the family stuff and making you care and having that sort of come full circle towards the end, but also having that moment at halftime with the Looney Tunes and, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and like, it's so it's, yeah. Let's not act like this is fucking, you know, uh, going to win a writer's award or anything like that. But it's it's great. It's a great setup to say, fuck, I, I'm doing the same thing to you all as I was doing to my son and saying, like, be like me. You can't be like me. Be yourselves. And like, that is such a that's such an easy win. It's a fucking home mm-hmm. run. It's a slam yep. dunk alley oop. And they nailed that whole portion of it. So that's why, like. I think I liked this movie the more that it went on, where at the beginning, the first 30 to 45, I was like, fuck, this is really not, this is really rough, and I'm not feeling this at all. And as the game went on, as the basketball game went on, and even the NBA players who are these villains, the the goon squad, I thought they were great. Like, I didn't expect Clay Thompson or Damian Lillard to have decent Moments. speaking lines, and they, they did, and it was awesome, and... To go uh, to sort of parrot what Blessing said about LeBron's acting, the thing that bums me out about it is like he has moments where he has a really good convincing line delivery. It's like, ah, more of that, dude. And it's the same that we saw with MJ. Like in the beginning of Space Jam 1 with MJ, when he's talking to his family, all of that feels so natural. But it's the moments where LeBron has to be like the, listen, you got to be yourself. And that's where it just sounds like, oh, come on, man. Like you, yeah. you were so good the last scene. What happened between yeah. now and then? To your, so to your point, Andy, I do wish there was, I do wish there was a Kevin Hart. I think this movie could have used one more comedic character, like an actual comedian yeah. or somebody who's known to be funny to be with LeBron in each of the scenes. I know Bugs Bunny kind of is that, but I, I, I think we needed some somebody a little bit more tangible because it does feel like, you know, for the scenes where we're going scene to scene with Bugs and LeBron, it is just those two. And the back and forth between just those two, I don't think is enough to make a hit from scene to scene. Whereas a yeah. third character, like a Kevin Hart or somebody I mean, they had uh, Nedry, to fill that right? in, could have been played, great. They had Wayne Knight in the other one, right? And he was, yeah. kinda, That's true. he was kind of that person. I mean, but I do, I do want to just pay due respect to where to, to LeBron because he has a longer movie he has to carry first off. Like, remember the last one was, what, like 30 minutes shorter? And they barely yep. had – Jordan was just like, I could just stand in place and not have to do too much stuff. They had Wayne Knight. But I do agree. Like, I wish – did any one of you just think like, God, can we just get one Bill Murray cameo? Is there yeah. any? Is there going to be any freaking way that Bill Murray comes into this? And yeah. uh, and we didn't, but we did get a banger of a cameo at the end. Oh my god! And I laughed my ass off. And it only it, I knew he was in the movie because I was looking through the credits list and I saw his name there, and I was like, Huh, that's cool. He's gonna pop up, and they still got me with it. Sorry, to the Michael Michael A. Jordan line was fantastic. Yes. It was just it was so good, and I I didn't 
know that. I did not know he was in it. They start playing the the his fucking Chicago Bulls theme. Yeah, we, like they show the shoes and they make it look like they're Jordan Elevens. They're not, but like they made it look like it. I was like, holy shit! I was hyped as fuck in that moment, and I thought it was such a great reveal. I loved how they did that. I thought they really nailed it. I am so so surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie compared to what I thought I was going to going in. I actually think it's a good movie. I don't think it's great. I think that it is a much better movie than the last one, but I think that it has nothing that is special that the last one had. And I think it kind of addressed all the issues that I had with the the previous one in terms of the storyline, in terms of just the characters of what's happening, the hype moments, all that. This movie had those in spades, but it just didn't have the heart and it doesn't have the iconic moments like I, we're not going to be talking about this movie in 10 years the way that we talked about space jam like this movie's going to be enjoyable to a whole bunch of uh, a whole new generation but it's not going to be iconic and something that they take with them uh going forward and i think there's a lot of reasons for that like just movies and entertainment work differently now and back then that type of crossover meant so much more and like michael jordan was iconic by himself on a level that lebron is just kind of like, oh. it, it, it's now, now you're getting into the old debate <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, no, I'm not talking about the quality of a basketball no, no, player. No, no, I'm no, talking no, about no. in terms of like, like LeBron is a fucking legend and it is debatable if, he, if he's better than Jordan. I'm not going to have that conversation because I'm not equipped to have it. But uh, we think of LeBron as being more than just basketball. Like we expect him to be in movies and stuff. We didn't expect mm-hmm. that from Jordan. You know what I mean? Like that, that to me is the difference. And um, I was similarly to all of you really kind of let down by LeBron in this where loved him in train wreck, love him when he kind of plays an exaggerated version of himself in other movies. And with this one, he kind of played a serious version of himself. And I'm like, that's not what I want to see from LeBron at all. We enjoy his acting because he's funny and like, you know, kind of a character. And at this, it's like when it starts off and he's just being so serious with his kid, I'm like, it's awful. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, like this. And hit. That, that whole, the first 30 minutes of this movie, I think Dude. unfortunately are necessary to make yeah. this movie as good as it is and work as well as it does for all of its moments, but it drags it down a lot. But I got to say the biggest thing I was worried about was the, the, the 3d CG versus hand-drawn or 2d animation and the emphasis on it being this warner brothers clusterfuck of references and the ready player one isms of like watching the trailers and how similar they all are i think they kind of nailed it i think it really worked with space jam for what this movie actually is and they used it well for the narrative they're building of this is this crazy video game world like i it's even watching the trailers i didn't expect it to go the video game route as much as they did like they were playing nba jam and having them have the power ups like andy was saying the actual nba players like having them with their cg animal forms like they built that all up really well with this kid making the game and all the powers and scanning and stuff and sure it's corny and hokey as fuck but i thought they really did a good job with it all and by the time bugs and all them were were 3d cg i was just like y'all are this like you showed me so much more than i expected with like nick was saying the 2d stuff that takes up the majority of the tunes screen time loved it so the, just it being the final game having that moment i thought was was really smart but having said all that going back to my criticism of despite this being a dramatically better movie than the first one this one's just not special the amount of scenes in the first one of daffy and bugs in the real world underneath the grass but you still see the hump and the the monsters coming out of the trench coat and all that stuff there wasn't a single moment in this where i was like oh this is a melding of worlds it kind of just felt like cg everything you know and that kind of takes away the specialness even though it works really well see with but i will say this like i liked i liked the looney tunes better in this i think they were actually more well-rounded characters i think bugs to, to to blessings earlier point 
because they put Bugs in as the sort of second lead in the movie, they gave him a lot more to do. And he started from a lot like, you know, he started from a lot darker place where like all his friends left him and he's and and it makes sense why he would like his motivations for wanting to put the team back together makes sense. Where in the first one, you were like, this this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, we get freaking Superman reference in the original animated show yeah. style. I was like, are you really kidding cool. me with this? But Tim, to your point, like I think they barely nailed the 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 sort of ready, ready player one-ism. I think we dipped into it a little bit, especially when we start going into the Matrix, where like it, I know the Matrix 4 is coming out. But the problem I think WB has a lot of the times is like their stuff's just not as like the vast catalog of their stuff that they have is just not as as modern as like Disney's mm. catalog, right? I mean, Disney's got Marvel, they've got all the Pixar stuff, they've got the Disney animated properties, and they've got Star Wars. Those are that is pop culture right there. So when you start flying through even Harry Potter, that's all we got a guy Casablanca. I mean, exactly, right? Like, I love Casablanca. I love, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. And to see LeBron James with, like, just gleeing out that he's a Hufflepuff is hilarious to me. But even Harry Potter's not that relevant anymore. So when they're flying through all these worlds, I was like, man, if Disney made this movie, it would be a whole lot different, right? You'd have Pixar world, you'd have Star Wars world, you'd have all these, like, little, all these kind of crazy things. Um, but I did get a laugh when he was like, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. And King Kong is in the background and he's like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, you're using what you got to the best possible way you can. It's just, you know, I think, I, I think they did it a lot better than Ready Player One. And there was a moment that got me. I don't know if you saw it or you, you probably did, Tim. You probably got all the Easter eggs right there in front of you. But when they land, um, after they put the team together, or I think maybe it's the second half. I can't remember the Animaniacs are silhouetted oh, above I, the spaceship. Yeah. And they're, in like, a, they're in a lot of badass. I was like, that is a cool thing. To cool. My no. question uh, before Mike, I know you've had your hand up is because I know, I don't know if any of y'all have seen it. Wreck-It Ralph 2 where the Wreck-It Ralph uh, breaks the internet where they, they do uh, do that. Uh, Nick. Oh, right. Cause there's like, that's that that's Disney, right? Yeah. That was all Disney. Yeah. So there's a lot of Disney references. So I just wonder like wh who did it better. If, uh, WB I think Space Jam. Uh, I think Wreck-It Ralph had the one good scene with the princesses, but otherwise kind of squandered that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this, like, Nick, I, I agree with what you're saying about these are lesser things, but we're talking about the Looney Tunes. Like, I think that it kind of, like, it fits of them going to these worlds that, like, we it's don't true. care about necessarily as much. And I thought yeah. that they gave each one of them a moment that mattered a lot more than than i'd expect both from the looney tune character perspective like i love the way that they gave the abilities of the tasmanian devil spinning flipping the court like all yeah. that stuff it's all like, very yo this is creative. fucking this is so great and way more integrated than we saw in the last and, movie and, but on top of that though with the the worlds they go into like lola training to be an amazon with wonder woman and then yes. playing the music and all this stuff it's like i i thought they did a good Ooh. job with that and having the yeah. the superman theme and the batman animated stuff the red sky of the batman animated series like they there was just a lot of stuff that ready player one just kind of felt like oh there's just a lot of things around if you look you'll see references which this had in the basketball game in the stands mm -hmm. but the moment where they're getting the team together in the beginning or in the you know first third i thought was really good like it kind of like made the everyone coming together at the end to watch the game make a little more sense than just oh here's a bunch of fucking references to you know b c d e f well, and that was cetera, level characters you have you have a, I'm sorry, Mikey. You have like a traditional kind of setup payoff in this that I don't think we got in the original one, right? In that they they figure out how to use they had figured out a, a more clever way for them to use their Looney Tunisms to actually overcome the the bad guy, and that's what I really liked about this. Where in the first one it was like, oh, we're, they're Looney Tunes, so they'll just do some Looney Tune stuff. In this one, they had that very hard that played into the B story of him and his son, where he was like fundamentals win basketball games, and then it turned out no. 
fun wins basketball games. And fun is also the thing that my son wants to have with me. That is the thing that we're missing in our relationship. And that to me, when, when the Looney Tunes are like, Hey, we have to be Looney in order to win this. And it also solves the B plot. That is that to me is a, that's a fulfilling uh, sort of uh, tying up a blue sentence by the end of this thing. And I think that, I think they did it, uh, which I didn't necessarily see in the, in the original one. Mike, Mike, no, Mike, Mike, that's Mike. a massive win right there. Oh no. I mean, that was really good stuff right there to go along with. And I want to give two shouts. One was to the expanded roster of the team and getting to see more Looney Tunes. I think that was one from number one. We talked about it was really limited this time. I liked that they opened it up and brought on some more. There was some really good moments with some of the B characters on that squad. But one thing I wanted to touch on and Tim, you brought up like iconic moments, right? And I think in number one, a lot of those moments stood out and became iconic to me because of the soundtrack yeah. and this one right here, what I didn't get to speak on at the beginning was this one had a weak soundtrack. I mean, it had iconic moments that would have been really hype and really cool, but there was no soundtrack to back it up and make it have that feel like in space jam one. And I was looking for it the whole time. I was like, where I mean, is this right? How come off, we're not playing with that. It did start off with a fucking banger though. It starts off with Ghetto Superstar, where I was like, "Okay, okay." Right. okay. That I was, was like, hot. "Okay, you're right." You're right. Oh, that well, was down, though immediately. Yeah, I know. I was right. I have that, it written yeah. in my in my script synopsis. I said I already love music in this, and then you're right. Like toward the end of it, I was like, "Okay, what contemporary Even the intro. stuff?" We get it Ghetto was, Superstar. It's fucking like holy shit. They're gonna do this right, and then we yeah, get the right. LeBron montage. You're oh. like, so yeah. You get the LeBron montage. No big music like we did in the first one, which it's awesome to have the montage, but no big music. Ghetto Superstar was great. I liked the final song that they played during the credits. I thought that was really nice, even though none of them, not a single song there, had the weight that we had in number one. That was a big letdown, and I think that would have led to more of the iconic moments. Because when you see the Monstars come out for the first time, and you see Diana Taurasi as the White Mamba, you see Clay Thompson as the Fire and Water, and you see Anthony Davis come out as the Big Brow Bird, it's like, if they hit us with one of those hit us high, hit them low moments, like, Come on, that would have been banging right there, and they didn't. See, my thing is that when you look at the actual soundtrack, the soundtrack is filled with bangers. You mentioned the the credit song. That is a song with Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin, which is I, I like that. Is, there cannot be a more unlikelier pairing than Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin, but they came together to oh, work on. Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan, but yeah. well, that too. It feels it feels very similar. Yeah, they say the they say Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin are the Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan of music. Uh, but you also have songs by like uh, Twenty Four Golden. You have Chance the Rapper uh, John Legend and Simba on here. You have a song from from Sweet you have uh little uzi on here you have like more john legend you have jonas brothers you have little tekka you got a song featuring dame dollar who is i believe wow. damian lillard from the nba you have right. like a good amount of dope ass music on this soundtrack the thing that i think brings it down is just the fact that they didn't use it as well yeah. as in the first movie the first movie had that moment of uh hit him hit him high hit him low it had basketball jones which still sticks in my mind even though i watched it a week ago i still have basketball jones stuck in my head because that scene i think uses that song so well and there's not really a moment in this movie that uses the music to its advantage uh which i think is a bummer and i think goes back to uh to mike's point and there were just some and th those are such easy wins though like yeah. to to obviously i think like tim was mentioning and nick was mentioning the the people watching this the young kids watching this are likely going to enjoy it because mm -hmm. it's going to make them laugh and it's got a bunch of cool visuals and uh, a bunch of cool kind of basketball related stunts and action sequences that are interesting to watch but like the easy wins there for us the adults like just play some play a snippet of the old thing when they come back from halftime 
and the mood swings around. How do we not get come on and slam and welcome come to the on. gym? Like, oh my god, like, yeah. so how did we not? When they came out for the game and we get the introductions to the bad guys individually, it was mm-hmm. hype as fuck. The wet fire and all of a yeah. sudden we see them, the ball like, going through the, the spider legs and stuff. I was like, yo, they're setting this up so well. And then it's just like, oh, the good guys, the tunes are just there on the court. Like we're not, we don't get a LeBron James intro. It's like, are you kidding me? And then they mm-hmm. come back from the halftime and it was, I gotta be honest, hype as fuck. Like yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, let's yeah. fucking go. And then like the Looney Tunes thing comes on, they all pop out. I'm like, Hell yeah. But then, yeah, Andy, they should have played the song. They should have done intros for each of the characters. Like, who gives a fuck it's coming back? Like, give us the hype. I want to also shout out the video game portion of the movie because, you know, we're all in that place where we're all nerds here. We all love video games. So we have that connection to it, especially knowing E3 and all this different shit. Uh, But, like, I want to give a shout out to how non-throwaway all that shit felt because it is it could have been very easy for them to go. Oh yeah, the basketball t- game takes place in the game world, and you know that's a thing, and we just roll with it, and it feels very generic. The fact that they kept doubling down, the fact that a big plot point of this movie was that LeBron's son wants to make video games, and he wants to go to an E three camp, I love it. Yeah. and that is like I the tug it. of war of the movie of like basketball versus this his son who wants to be a game developer, and they kept. Uh, diving into that subject matter and kept uh, uh, creating that tension and finding ways to even reference video games like Tim mm-hmm. you mentioned NBA Jam uh, I, I felt like there were even some NBA Street Volume uh, oh. 1, 2, and 3 references yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, even, yeah. like even oh, home the, court like, trick style moves let's go the, the trick style moves getting points for the uh, for the for the tricks which felt like game breakers to me the, yep. the repeated dunk moves which felt very NBA Street home court like the amount of that that was going on was another part of the movie that had me like, oh, let's fucking go. Like, I can't believe how hype that shit made me from just that standpoint. And so, yeah, there's so much in this movie for me that worked on, I guess, a personal level when you talk about that stuff, but also just period when you talk about how well a lot of that, a lot of that stuff was handled. It was really cool to see E3 referenced. I think that's the first yeah. time I ever, as an adult or even a kid, like heard E3 mentioned in a movie, in right? A movie, Not in a alone, major motion picture. Yeah, and to see yeah. it in like a logo, right? When he drops him off at campus, like, wow, that's really cool. And I will say being over there on the Xbox side, when they came out with the Looney Tunes game, man, they should have just came Dude. out with that game that they were playing. Like, I don't know why we did a side scrolling beat em up. It should have been that one-on-one, like, fun game. They should have made that. That was fun. And again, that comes back to, like, man, I can't believe they went that far with it. Like, I was literally – I think we might have been asking the question on KFGD or something of, like, oh, that's a weird thing they're doing. They're asking uh, fans to make a, a, a Space Jam New Legacy video game if, as a thing to put on Game Pass. That's a weird thing. And to actually watch the movie and see that, the, no, the movie is about this kid who wants to make a video game. And so they did that contest to let kids make video games. That's fucking cool. Like, that's really (laughs) awesome. Yeah, man. That is awesome. But before we get to the plot, let me tell you about our sponsors. This show is brought to you by Canva. Listen, design is hard. I'm talking about art design. Even making thumbnails in Photoshop can be hard sometimes for me. But that's why I'm excited to tell you about Canva. Kind of Funny loves Canva. Tim Geddes himself says that it is super useful and easy to use. It makes all different kinds of design stuff. You just pick the styles you like and it does all of the work. Super helpful for creators. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. 
Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all of this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kindoffunny to get your free 45-day extended trial. That is C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash kindoffunny. Canva.me slash kindoffunny. Andy? Come on and hit me. It is time for the plot. Is this movie good or is it not? It is time for the plot. Go ahead. Space Jam, A New Legacy. Tim, taking care of the people you love is fundamental. We get Dude, you got you gotta love you gotta love this is the second movie in in weeks that we have, you know, family and Dom being a big Big part of the, the whole plot. I'm telling you, oh, some of this right. stuff, Bugs Bunny almost dying and, oh. being, and saying that line, I was like, okay, all right. Came out of nowhere me. and it was some fucking bullshit and the way that it was all resolved sucked. I gotta be honest, hilarious. but I also have to be honest, I almost Ooh, cried. I, I gotta <laughs> be real. If Bugs was gonna fucking die out of it, like y'all motherfuckers, but can you imagine you. end credit post scene if they had just went that Bugs was gone and it ends and it's Michael Jordan coming in with all the tunes behind him knocking on LeBron's door like, we gotta get our bunny. Come oh my god. Come on. Oh my that god. Sorry. I almost <laughs> had a heart attack. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Damn. That's that unbelievable. Uh, we start off with uh, a flashback. LeBron's mom is dropping off a very little young LeBron at his basketball game so she can go to work and ghetto superstar starts playing. And man, I gotta listen to that song more. Uh, mm-hmm. of course, LeBron uh, takes a seat on one of the, the bleachers, and his friend gives him an old Game Boy because he just got a Game Boy color, and he starts playing the Bugs Bunny game, uh, which completely captivates him until uh the dude, I, I don't know the actor's name, but I think he's from the wire. Oh my over. god, Mike. Oh this my god. is one of my original Game Boy games. Like I know the narrative is I don't play Nintendo games, it's only third party. This is one of the very few Nintendo or Game Boy games I have ever owned. That wow, is amazing. Wild to see it live on camera in a movie. <laughs> that was nuts. What a callback. Yeah. And you know, you talking about E3 being in a movie, which was like so fucking cool. Like more than that for me was like, we're dealing with a movie that starts off and they're talking about the difference between the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And I'm yeah. just like, holy shit, this is crazy. Huge. I didn't expect Huge. it. See, now you know you're old because yeah. now all those references, <laughs> the things that only you got and old people didn't get, now you're getting. And some of the younger kids will be like, What's a Game Boy? I have a Switch with an OLED, an OLED screen in it. And By the way, I, I know this is, a, is supposed to be a kids movie, but like none of these references feel like references not, that kids would dude, get, right? Like I can't same imagine. As the last movie. For the I can't adults, imagine dude. being eight years old watching this movie and understanding any of it. No, I mean you get that there is something called a handheld play a game, video game mm-hmm. system because they still have them today. But people, if yeah. you're 12 years old and you see a Game Boy and you have a reference point for that. Or you, or you see King Kong regular. or the clown from It. Like, I, there's so many things where it's it, like, this is for you. Know, you. I need to put my foot down. Thing. This is a rant that I go on every go once on in a while, normally on Gamescast, but I'm doing it here. We got to stop treating people like kids or adults, like old, old people. Like, they're just these freaking morons like they're yeah. from kansas or something it's like no like these kids even wow. if they didn't grow up playing a game boy they know what a fucking game boy is they've sure. been to a hot topic if they haven't been to a hot topic they've been to websites like they've they know the what this shit is yeah we, we even had a shirt that had a game boy on it once didn't we 
Yeah, Andy designed yes. that. Andy designed the kind of funny so, games. Like, but like our audience, right? our audience ain't ten year olds. You know what I mean? No, our audience. Yeah. Oh, I, I, look I look at our YouTube demo. I look at our YouTube demo. Yeah, it's like thirty to fifty males, thirty <laughs> to fifty predominantly. Anyway, back to the plot. Here we go. Uh, his coach comes up and makes him play the game. Of course, LeBron uh, gets the final shot, and you're thinking, oh, you know, he's going to make it, but he does not because he's not focused. Outside, his coach tells him that he could be the best if quote he focused on the game of basketball and not that Pokemon machine. You got a chance to use basketball to change everything for your mom for you for everyone you care about so lebron did what i did back in the day he threw out his game boy and downloaded after effects illegally allegedly and put the work in so that one day fran would hire him at ign because no one else knew what after effects was <laughs> uh no jk he becomes one of the dopest if not the greatest basketball players of all time and we get another unbelievable montage that goes on way too long and blessing could have been five more minutes longer i would have been okay yep. with it Yep. It was uh, absolutely incredible. Yeah, let's pause so I can geek out with Andy because that was yeah. so fire to see. Like when we watched MJ, right? We had the last dance recently. <laughs> that was back in the 90s. And like you, maybe you know MJ like with that, maybe you don't. But like to see LeBron James and his career and that legacy that he's going to leave behind, that was absolutely moving and beautiful that they like, collected all those clips. I remember, so Mike, like I watched the McDonald's high school game. Like, yeah. I watched that shit on ESPN when they were like, this player is so special. We are showing his yeah. high school game on ESPN. Yeah. Like, yep. that shit was crazy. I and then this, the shot where he hits the three-pointer against the Magic and turns around and, like, uh, like I was like, oh, shit, we're going chronologically because I wasn't sure if we were going forward or backwards in time. Uh, I, I guess they showed a dunk where he dunked on Tim Duncan. Not super, not super excited about that. I don't know. They got swept I by guess. the Spurs in that finals. They got fucking swept. I don't know why they would show that. Uh, and then um, they didn't show him not backing down J.J. Barea, Mike, uh, against the Mavs. They didn't show the Spurs destroying them in 2014. But uh, still a really good montage, Mike. I don't Great think so, Andy, I'm reading my notes here. I don't think it was a montage about the Spurs. I think it was just supposed to be about LeBron. Spur Jam. Hmm. Interesting. And so yeah. here's the big that was Bird the jam. big that was the first negative <laughs> is MJ's montage had a killer soundtrack to it, right? Yep. You got yep. out of your seat, you felt it. And LeBron James's montage is just as fire as MJ's, if not better, with today's day and age of CGI and what they put in there. And all of a sudden you're not gonna hit me with a killer soundtrack. Like, what was that? What a disappointment. Because totally that was agree. fun to watch of like all of those moments. That is like that in capital Cleveland, this is for you, right? Cleveland. Oh, oh, so oh, good, dude. That's a my, my issue. Five. My issue with this montage was in addition to the music, it was just the way it was presented, didn't feel like it was blending with the Looney Tunes. Like, I liked it the first movie from the beginning. It treated Bugs Bunny like he was Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Like yeah. it, the chain link fence, the red, yes, like yes. 90s paint style that said Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny. And like you see Michael Jordan just fucking dominate. Like the way it was presented, it felt like there was a, a a mesh that made it special with this one it was just like oh lebron's dope and uh, yes lebron is dope but it's like you could have this like andy keeps saying like it's so easy to just do this right yeah there's so uh, many easy winnable points there and you're just not you're not quite getting it like all the times that you passed away and kept giving the ball to doing away because you were scared to shoot at the end of the games mike like oh okay okay, just, okay. yeah it's crazy you know <laughs> Wow. Okay. Just really digging at him. All right. I like it. It's a lot going I'm supposed on to be here. celebrating the man here. Everyone, please uh, clip that out and tweet it at LeBron. <laughs> not to mention the last championship he won, which is like not even a real finals. <laughs> Come they, on. Clip that out even too. cool moment. Yeah. They had stuff from the bubble. That was great, too. I mean, what a that was a hype montage. Mm -hmm. Let down without the soundtrack. But 
great way to start. And just like we started Space Jam one, it's very cool to see the similarity, right, Nick? Of like, oh, they went there, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a cool callback. Great job, love that, Mike. Mike, not enough to Junius Glaucus, you know. <laughs> I need a big Z. I need a big Z there more for you. Don't, if you you don't know uh, Nick, but Junis Ilgauskas, it was like this tall white dude, bald, and was a no namer until LeBron like was drafted to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Saved and his ass is right. <laughs> just saved his ass. Made his ass relevant. The big Z. Now, oh, Mike, is that Le- is that LeBron poster? Just in so your this, this is an NBA 2K19 full on life size standout cutout. Oh so this, God. this is six foot height? eight LeBron James. Wow. Uh, he towers over me in this room. He watches over me when I sleep as well sometimes yeah, when I get scared. So thank you to LeBron. Also, shout out to Skizza, but kind of funny best friend who sent me this uh, from the GameStop. Love it. That's back awesome. to the plot. I do got to shout course. out uh, Xbox when I bring this on. But like, oh I know Mike, you probably got this one too. Yes, the LeBron yes. James action figure. I love this thing. Love that. I love That's it. That's amazing. Uh, we flash forward, of course, uh, and we are clear for takeoff. LeBron is now, of course, LeBron that we know. He's balling out and has a nice family and a beautiful house uh, and two sons who both game, but one does it a little different. He does it like one snow bike mic. He games through the video game system. Uh, LeBron is disappointed in his youngest son because he's not focused uh, on basketball, and he uses his automatic ball feeder to hype his son up. And first off, I don't care what happens in life, but I need one of you to at some point have an automatic basketball feeder. Oh, because that is I the love this. Thing so ever. cool. I got a quick question. Do you think that was actually shot at his house? Yeah. Like, because like that was, that was incredible looking. And I was like, that's probably LeBron James's house, right? It has to yeah. be one of he, them. And that outdoor. I, I want to let you guys know that I spent me and Gia spend a ridiculous amount of time watching Netflix series, YouTube videos of just interior decorating, like design, like crazy places to visit, like all that type of stuff. I have never seen a bedroom dude that is so oh, big that yeah. the bed Yep. It's in just the in the middle of the room. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Shit, that Literally, is baller. I have a list because there, there are so many times in this movie where I said the phrase, hold up, hold up, is that blank? Right. And I, by the third time, by the third time, I just stopped and I was like, I'm taking note over every single time I say that. And literally on the third, uh, like, this, first of all, these are all the notes I took. But like on the third line, it, it goes, hold up, is that a Game Boy? Uh, hold up is actually the second line it says hold up is that a game boy and the second one is hold up is that a bed in the middle of the room question mark <laughs> who does that question mark That's i didn't know you could do that fucking dope right but that basketball um, court was so sick Good the Lord. basketball court, i thought that was cool i was like this is it looked like the the flooring was made of like like tiles that that water could seep through i was like this yes, is freaking awesome exactly. and the, and so much shade from those big trees uh, like i would do anything to play on a court that nice mm. but again we talked about it earlier, and I, I just like I don't think there would have, I don't think you could make the acting in this scene worse. I, I just I hated totally agree. It was bad. It was every bad. line of the, and this is where I was really worried. I thought the kids did a great job. But oh, I the think kids are fine. LeBron, I think LeBron. Oh. They had to set him up as sort of the antagonist to his son here. And again, it's this is. I, I give LeBron a lot of credit, though, because he's not an actor, and this is a dramatic scene that he had to do. He had to be like a you know kind of an overbearing dad, and I will. The, the one thing that I will continually give LeBron credit for is that MJ, I love MJ, but was never vulnerable really in Space Jam. And it kind of, unfortunately, kind of led to a lesser movie because you have to you have to have a character kind of starting out 
from behind. And in this one, they gave LeBron was like, you know, he's kind of a dick to his son. And that's kind of a vulnerable state to put yourself in if you're a mega superstar athlete. So kudos to him for like wanting to do that and trying to do that. Did he do it? Not necessarily well, but he didn't, you know, he comes off as an overbearing dad. And that's a, that's a, that's not a place that a lot of, you know, uh, sports stars want to be in. Yeah. It's, it's an unfortunate it gives spot room for growth. It's an, it's an unfortunate spot for him because you need all of this to make everything at the end feel worth it and matter. Yep. But um, again, it's like just it's it comes down to writing and directing like you can shorten this down. Know your teammate. I'm not going to I'm not going to pass the bottle of LeBron and expect him to hit a bunch of three pointers. That's really not what he does. You know what I mean? And like yeah. I uh, you just got to kind of know what the strengths are there and maybe don't make the sequence that long and shorten the lines a little bit. So he's not having to dramatically act a whole lot because he's just unfortunately not super great at it. I want to take yeah. a moment and remember this of like, because I agree with you, right? If it didn't feel right, but I will say you could tell he's constantly giving his all throughout this movie. Cause 100%. at the end, when they have that moment with him in the sun, I was like, you know what, LeBron, that was much better than where we started. Right. Yep. And I'm pleased with that of like, I felt that. And I think you did a better job. It's not perfect. I'm not over here watching Leonardo DiCaprio, but like LeBron did try. And I liked that a lot. It, it got better. And it's, it's tough because they cast really good actors around him. And that can be a double-edged sword, specifically for, for people who aren't actors. They can either help elevate or they can very much show, uh, you know, some of the some of the holes or chinks in the armor, rather, on this one. And unfortunately for me, like the next couple scenes, specifically when he has opposite his wife, who's played uh, by uh, Sonequa Martin-Green, whom I love from Walking Dead and Discovery and pretty yeah. much everything she's in. She's a phenomenal actor. So it's tough because you almost see her like she's really like, good. She's like, she's like, <laughs> yeah, catch up a little here, LeBron. Come on, like stay with me on this level. <laughs> uh, but, you know, again, kudos to LeBron. He's doing his best here, of course. Um, we have a scene where uh, let's see. Oh, OK, well, he's disappointed with the sun. He doesn't focus on you. He's like, are, are we quitting on each other now? You can't be great without putting in the work. Yes. And it sounds like, oh, no. But his son wants to program, not be a baller. And I understand the first time I played basketball, of course, Andy was in junior high. And I gave it up to smoke cigarettes. And I never looked back. Okay. Um, okay. Later that night, uh, LeBron's wife, uh, I heard the character's name is Camilla, uh, tells him he should talk to his son about something other than basketball, like the video game he's been producing. And he's 12 years old. And he's like, ah, that is pretty cool. Okay, I'll go talk to him. Uh, we cut over to Burbank, where Al G. Rhythm um, wants to partner with King James so he can get out there out of the server verse. But all of that changes today. Today, WB launches the new Warner 3000 tech, and he is the mastermind behind it. Uh, so he sends Warner exec Sarah Silverman uh, an email. Uh, and being, of course, that. the That's professional. Another hold up is. is that. Hold up is that Sarah Silverman. I haven't hold seen up. her in ages. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, Where the yeah. fuck has she been? <laughs> Sarah Silverman coming out of the coming out of the woodworks here. Also and, uh, in Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. All right. Oh, right. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's go. A little kid, right? Uh, of course, Sarah Solman, being the professional that she is, waits until there's at least 3,000 emails in her inbox just like me and then misses it. <laughs> no, JK, she forwards it all. Uh, later that night, LeBron heads to Dom's room to check out his game. And it looks fun. Um, Dom even puts LeBron's move, his special move, the, the step back in the game. Uh, but when he wants to show it, uh, the move actually breaks the system and deletes the character and causes a whole... Is that a thing, guys? For LeBron? I mean, seem pretty basic. Step back. It's a, it's just a move that basketball players do. Yeah, it's not, I, yeah, it's not okay. like a LeBron special. I, by any I thought it would have been the back the down, down layup. Yeah, the or the back down fadeaway is more his style right there that you saw in the montage. But yeah. it was cool enough. I, I, I loved the dad moment of like, hey, don't blame this on me. I didn't do that. You know, like that's right. exactly what my dad would say 
whenever we played games. Like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, of course, we get the uh, the introduction that Dom really wants to go to E3 camp, which is coming up next week. And he wants to debut his game there. But it's going to take him a long time to rebuild uh, that particular character in this particular build. But LeBron tells him that setbacks are a part of progress. You got to push through. And then LeBron dabs. And he's awesome. He's like, do you want to see your dad dab? God, he's the coolest dad. That's great. That was one of those moments where I was like, that's that's LeBron from Trainwreck coming through here. Yep. Just showing some of his his comic chops. And I like it's the like when he wants when he can be when he needs to be silly and and be fun with a character and kind of like fuck with them and, you know, being annoying or whatever. That's where it all seems super, super natural and really well done. And I liked that whole part. I would love to see LeBron in a buddy cop drama with Bill Hader. And like a cast of people around him where he can just be <laughs> silly, like the silly character and have a couple of dramatic shots. But I think that'd be fun. Uh, anyway, LeBron invites his son. He's like, why don't you come with me to see the Warner 3000 tomorrow? It'll be fun. Uh, it's it's going to the scam right. They're going to scan him into the movies like Batman. And then we get a cool little montage here where it's Batman uh, versus LeBron as, as uh, Mr. Freeze. And they play the actual theme. And I was like, oh, my God, they played the Batman theme, which is cool. And then there's Harry Potter and he's a Hufflepuff and all that stuff. And it's really fun. Uh, and the all this stuff worked for me. Uh, but LeBron knows what evidently MJ never knew, which is that athletes trying to act is never a good idea, which I love that little wink and nod and self-awareness to the audience because he's like, I get it. It's me. But Dom is super sent, is super interested in the algorithm and, and uh, finally tells his dad he doesn't want to do the basketball camp, just like I told uh, Miss Mason. I didn't want to play basketball when I was in junior high, and she laughed at me. Anyway, Al gets pissed. Uh, <laughs> anyway. LeBron rejected him, and now it's uh, it's it's his game now. Uh, Dom and LeBron argue in the elevator. LeBron took all the fun out of basketball. Quote, you never let me do me. Uh, just do me. Uh, so they get caught up, and they don't notice that they head deep into the basement where the Warner 3000 servers are housed. Dom gets sucked into the Matrix, and LeBron soon follows. Uh, and then he screams out, what the hell? What uh, the Matrix hell is what he says. And like, the honestly, hell. I, don't, I don't know. And that was in the trailer. And somehow, like, even though I knew it was coming, I didn't expect it to make me cringe as much as it did. So There's bad. something about that line, the delivery of the line, where it's like, that is the thing I can't defend about this, like, IP orgy that these type of movies are, where it's like, oh, you didn't need to go that far. Because, like, you were just not good enough to play that off as, like, a tongue-in-cheek, like, I know Listen this is bad. It. it kind of feels like he thought it was good. Tim's over here acting all highfalutin because he knows that if this had been Disney, they would have said, what in the Tron hell? Because we all know, of course, that when you get digitized into a computer, that is more of a Tron thing. Blessing, yeah, not a Matrix you're right. thing. You're right. But I would have hated that tell. equally. It would have been terrible. <laughs> Any Tron references in movies, you're just like, oh, God, they're really trying to reboot that franchise. Anyway, they get sucked into the computer, and Dom is actually super excited. He's like, oh, my God, we've been digitized. We're in the computer. And LeBron has another line that makes me laugh out loud. He goes, in the computer? You know I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> <laughs> those are that is Tim I very similar, like, like you said. Uh, I see I'm on the opposite side of like those two. I'm like, damn it, LeBron. Like that those just didn't hit team. Like somebody should have been in the room, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we try yeah, something it's, different, it's y'all. Working. Let's do something <laughs> else. Yeah, that's guys. not it. And that's it where we no. need and, and that's why when we talk about the first Space Jam movie and what I really, really enjoyed about it was every sequence with Bill Murray just seemed completely improvised because he's a funny person. And can think of funny lines right there, right then and there in the moment. And there just wasn't really a whole lot of that. And again, if LeBron could have been teleported back with any comedic actor who was his publicist or PR guy or whatever. Right. And is there to kind of for LeBron to be like, what the hell's going on? This is terrifying. And the other person, the quippy line, quippy line, like that's what this whole sequence needed. Yeah, and and it's just sort of fell yeah. flat for me. That's what they did with MJ, right? With Wayne Knight and MJ. And that's yeah. what I thought they were going to do with Sarah Silverman. 
I was like, oh, Sarah Silverman's in this movie. Oh, that was That's so awesome. good. And she could have been like, she was playing this weird character. It just turns out they got her for a day and they were like, well, that's enough. Sarah I thought Ryan Coogler had a lot more to do with this than he really did. I bet, did he, maybe he just got Michael B. Jordan to camera. Because I remember okay. seeing like Ryan Coogler is going to be producing this movie. And I got my hopes up really, really high. And it turns out it seems like his brother is uh, a co-writer slash co a bunch of other stuff on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just you thought know. there was going to be a lot more there. Uh, What's up, I totally, I totally forgot it. But right before this scene, we saw like how they got into the server verse, right? Mm-hmm. That had a really killer beat of the Looney Tunes beat, but like turned evil. And oh, that yeah. was a really good beat. That was one of the few beats where I was like, Ooh, that's hot right there. That's hot right there. Yeah. The pitch was shifting a lot. Yeah. weird, mm-hmm. kind of freaky ways. It was dope. Uh, Al pops up taller than LeBron. I'm like that. And he kidnaps Dom into the Warnerverse. He challenges LeBron to a game of basketball since LeBron didn't want to be in the movie so he can focus on his game. All of LeBron's followers would, of course, watch and the entire world will know Al's name. Quote, if you win, you and your son can skedaddle on out of here. Lose and you can you have to stay in the server verse forever. Uh, Al orders his AI buddy Pete uh, to, to, to uh, send LeBron to the rejects to gather a team. I'll just say uh, it. We see Pete, and I'm just like, why? Like, Don Cheadle and this thing. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know that we need this. We, we have so many either. characters to pull from, whatever. But I also got to say, by the end of it, I was like, yo, my boy Pete. I'm Pete really had a you. couple moments. I'm fucking <laughs> team <laughs> Pete, baby. <laughs> Pete had a couple moments there. Yeah, yep. Pete's got a couple bangers. Um, again, shout out to the Harry Potter and Matrix themes that play as he flies through the Warnerverse and, and, and lands in Toon World uh, with a Nike swoosh-shaped hole, I might add. Love it. Quote, I'm shorter than Kevin Hart. That one got a laugh out of me, too, even though it was in the trailer. Uh, and then again, we're in the 2D animation style here, and I love it. At first, LeBron thinks he's all alone uh, in this town until he meets the one and only Bugs Bunny. Uh, banger of a scene here where they kind of they kind of meet and they talk. And I like that LeBron is not afraid to pay homage to like Bugs. Everyone that he meets, he's freaking out over like they're a bigger star than he is. And I think that's very cool. Um, but I will say that this was a moment where I was really like, holy shit, this movie's actually more than I expected it to be. Yeah. And we're about to do a really kind of cool deep dive into Looney Tunes not being relevant anymore and kind of like dealing with them, with Bugs, like the star, like not really being a star anymore and whatever. And they kind of hinted that, but like, it didn't go the direction that not only I expected, but that I that I thought they set up really well for them to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, Bugs is alone here. I was like, oh, yeah. The fact that he was like, I'm going to send you to the rejects and it was the Looney Tunes. I thought that's where they were going as well, because that would have been a pretty cool thing to dive into, because mm-hmm. like you don't see Looney Tunes around as often nowadays unless you go to Six Flags or some shit. <laughs> uh, and I would <laughs> I would have loved this for uh, this for them to be like the opportunity where they're like. All right, yeah, let's touch on that. Let's touch on that. Let's speak on that. And let's show people why Looney Tunes is still relevant and still cool, which I think they did, but didn't dive into in terms of like the where the fuck have the Looney Tunes been? Um, at the end of the scene, of course, LeBron goes off a cliff and gets smushed into a ball, which I think is a little reference to when Michael Jackson got folded into or Michael Jordan got folded into a Every ball time. in the first one. Sorry, MJ. I'm just gonna call him MJ. It's easier, it's safer. <laughs> I uh, quote, I do not understand this world. I thought that was a good line read. Uh, it turns out Bugs has been alone in Toon World for a long time. And it's all because of uh, algorithm. He conned them all into leaving um, the place they call home. Uh, sorry, Bugs. Of course, he says that's terrible. Family is everything. And Bugs agrees. LeBron tells Bugs he needs to be part 
of the team to help him win a high. He's like, listen, I need you to be a part of this team to help me win a high stakes basketball game. And then Bugs is like, oh, I've never heard about that before. And that starts one of the fun little ongoing gags here where everyone's like, we're doing this again. Okay, we're doing this, including Lola, who's like been there, done that. Uh, Bugs, of course, is like, we got to get off this planet. So we this, and I love this part because this is what I'm talking about here, right? They use the Looney Tunisms to actually like overcome some of the, 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 the hurdles or the challenges in the plot. And so he's like, how step one, how do we get off this planet? Of course, plants a flag like he used to and for earth and Marvin, the Martian comes and he's like, you can't plant that flag. And then of course he just cons them out of his ship and they get off. Well, Greg marked out when Marvin, the Martian <laughs> showed up as if like, I don't even freaking know. Like, uh, I, I can't even think of a wrestler that would be big enough, like showing up at the Royal rumble as if it's this big surprise. Like he was like the Hardy boys so, coming back. <laughs> it's that type of shit. Where it's just like, Holy shit. Marvin, the Martian baby. <laughs> I fucking love cool. Greg. Uh, uh, we cut back over to Al and he's talking to Dom, trying to talk him out of, uh, you know, just trying to get in his head and, and manipulate him a little bit. He tells LeBron, he's like, where's my dad? He said, well, he left to gather his team for the big game, just like he did Cleveland and then Miami and then Cleveland again. Look out, L.A. Uh, it's a funny line. He tries to butter up Dom here by offering him a shortcut through building his character. But Dom knows the truth. You can't be great without putting in the work, echoing his dad's prior words. Don uh, Bugs does a banger James T. Kirk impression so he can reassemble the team from Space Jam 1, all of whom are scattered about the Warnerverse. We have to go look for them. LeBron, of course, wants to put together the most powerful Warner characters uh, like Superman and King Kong and Iron Giant. Uh, but Bugs clearly wants to just get the game back together. The memes why. the memes that came from that were fantastic. Uh, when when that trailer first hit and all the memes that we saw of the list of like the super team that he wants to build. And it's like, of course, LeBron always just wants to surround himself with great players. Like, geez, this guy, he can't do it alone. Jordan would have never done this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny. Really funny. Uh, they passed by Harry Potter World and LeBron Hufflepuff. Love that. Uh, and then we get the Batman theme. They go over to Metropolis and we get the Batman theme when they hit DC World. Uh, and then we get the John Williams Superman theme and it's freaking everything and then we see the superman crest and it pulls out and it's the one and only dappy duck of course with porky pick as his videographer he's trying to be superman and get some get some press from that and put that on the web uh then we get the original adam west batman theme as they uh hijack this train uh to save uh, it and it's going toward a orphanage um uh, and it's super awesome and of course who are, who ends up actually saving it i did not expect this i thought it was going to be another goof of another one of the the characters but it ends up being superman and the justice league and i was like Please tell me they got Tim Daly to do the voice. Just one voice of Tim Daly or like someone who has done Superman because that would be really, really cool. They did not, but they did later, which is cool. Uh, I, I do want to point out that Daffy Duck really had a really had a big role change in this one. Uh, I, he, he and his agent cannot be happy about the amount of screen time and buddy buddiness he had with Bugs in the first Space Jam. And in this one, he is like so ancillary to everything else yeah poor yeah. guy well D daffy is always kind of the foil to bugs too so i mean it's it's now that bugs is sort of the foil to to lebron you know at this point mike it's foil. like it's too many foils exactly too many foils at this yeah. point mike it's like is he gonna request a trade try to go somewhere else right exactly <laughs> it's like damian lillard right now leaving portland cj's yeah. just gonna be there by himself see you bro dame dollar dame dollar leaving portland uh draft day and we get this great montage and i Personally, if I were directing this movie, I might not. I, well, I guess we've already been to DC World, so we've got something in there for the kitties. But cutting from the world where Superman exists 
to Fury Road. So cool. With Wally Coyote holding up a sign that says witness me was unreal. I was like, I needed oh, more of this. <laughs> wow, so good. Dude. I needed more of this, man, cuz we get we get a couple of the snippets of the Looney Tunes in a live action movie. I needed way more of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought this that was the most creative this movie was and that's the sort of shit that I really like seeing and it just reminds me of all the times that I loved watching the sort of introductions to back in the days when we all used to watch the MTV movie awards mm-hmm. and they would put they would put Jack the Black. host they would put the host yeah Jack Black or whoever inside the movies that were kind of nominated yeah. that year With I love that shit and I would have loved for more I would have loved to see them in like the live action Michael Keaton movie or or a Batman movie or mm. in Harry Potter like I would have loved to have seen more animated in the real world type shit cuz I thought this whole sequence was just cool as hell I thought it was I dope mean, Call up Rupert Grant. Call up Daniel Radcliffe. They're not doing anything. Get him back. In the don't even need to. Here. No. They, yeah, they, they put him in Austin up. Powers. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, fucking Daniel Austin Daniel Powers. Daniel Radcliffe's doing that show where he's a religious freak, and then Rupert Grint's in that show he's re- where he's pretending to have cancer. They're doing yeah, stuff. They're gonna, you, you get they're the call. Stuff. You know what they're doing? You know what they're doing, Barrett? <laughs> they're looking at their phone waiting for it to ring. Oh, yeah. Waiting to be mm-hmm. in fucking Space Jam and be back in Harry Potter world. That's what they're doing. Real talk, uh, though. This scene, though, this whole segment, I am so surprised by. I thought it was going to be shitty and corny and not work and just be kind of like, oh, just it's Ready Player One. And it's not. I think this is so much better than Ready Player One. Yeah, so, this is where ahead. my list of hold up is that started to get kind of crazy because I went from I went from hold up is that Steven Yoon to hold up is that Mad Max Fury Road hold up is that Austin <laughs> Powers hold up is that Rick and Morty hold mm-hmm. up is that Foghorn Leghorn as the hot dragging lady yeah. and then hold up is that Speedy Gonzalez as Neo from the Matrix yeah. which love that what a fantastic sequence and then also hold up is that the Wonder Woman theme which also uh, is fucking incredible. amazing so we head over to that uh, we did have Casablanca was in there to get Yosemite Sam uh, then we head over to the beginning of Wonder Woman 1984. And I'm like, I wonder if this is going to go on for 25 minutes like it did in that movie. And thankfully, it <laughs> did not. Uh, they go over to recruit Lola Bunny, who was uh, doing her trials to become an Amazonian. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, and I didn't, I, I couldn't look it up because IMDb has screwed me over with their new format. So it's hard to find people's names. Weird. But I think Rosario Dawson did the voice for Wonder Woman in this because she's done the voice prior in prior animated movies. And I sounded like interesting. I I, I don't know if they got her back for that. I was like, that sounds like Rosario Dawson. I know she's done Wonder Woman before. So uh, maybe if we could look that up, that'd be cool. Anyway, I I love this scene because it was just like I love that they made such a big deal about Lola. Obviously, Lola, a character that debuted in Space Jam. So she is the basketball player. Like, it's funny how this movie kind of treated her with what we wanted her to be treated with last time, which is like. A little it bit more pomp and circumstance about the uh, the basketball abilities, but it being her in the ni- Wonder Woman 1984 intro was like I was right there with you, Dick. Where I'm like, wow, they're doing this, okay. But I loved it. I love the fact that they used it more of like the comic style and like really played with cool. the animation style to make it look mm-hmm. different than what we saw with the Gotham and Metropolis stuff. They played the fucking song, like all of that stuff. I was just oh. like, they they kind of did this right. Like they they knew exactly. This oh, is yeah. one of the rare moments of this movie where they're like. All the elements, audio and visual wise, lined up for me where I'm like, yep, you nailed this moment for this character that I revere as much as I do. A quick fact from the Matt Bats and Space Jam game plan, though, is Kath Sousey, who was the the voice of Lola Bunny in the majority of her incarnations, uh, Space Jam and beyond, uh, had all of her dialogue recorded. And then in the last couple of months, they straight up just replaced her with Zendaya. Whoa. Whoa. That that sucks. Wow. That sucks. Wow. Yeah, Andy Cortez, you had your hand raised. Um, to go along with with Blessing's sort of um, 
hold up oh. is that Steven Yoon. I I thought such weird casting choices to have Sarah Silverman and Steven Yoon. I think if you're going to have a, a role that small, it's got to be like what a lot of comedic movies do when they they're going to walk into a room and suddenly it's Matt Damon as the, the yeah. guy at the desk. You know, like it needs to be it. a role that gigantic to where you go, what the fuck? Why you have such a small role? That's <laughs> hilarious. So you're just kind of this random person in this movie. But Steven Yoon and Sarah Silverman are like, to, they're not big enough to be that person to where you yeah. go whoa that's crazy but they're also way too big to just be a random person in a yeah. movie exactly like, it's so bizarre yeah. it's such an yeah. odd choice it's like it should have been cardi b or some shit yeah, yeah. random because this was like if you're going to be in this because we love you just be in more of it yeah andy i'm sorry i forgot i did get an email saying they wanted us for those roles me and you but fuck ah, nah. dang unfortunately we don't have the time we yeah. got to do a you gotta do a me on gotta watch sponsorship. movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we wrap it up with Lola. She ends up failing the trials, but winning anyway and getting accepted to the Amazonians because being an Amazonian is much more than just trials, and she represents that when she saves them, which is cool. Uh, over in Al Land, uh, Al and AI Land, Al Land, Al figures out that if he steals Dom's code, they can scan every one of the people who are watching into the world and potentially use that use this to get them out of there. Uh, which is uh, pretty interesting. I'm not quite sure how that works, but that's kind of the plan. Uh, Dom just wants to his dad to let him be himself. So Al comes up with the idea. He's like, to, to, he's like to make LeBron take notice, father versus son. Uh, back over at practice, Bugs calls LeBron Cleveland, which I love. He's, he constantly refers to him as Cleveland. Yes. Uh, when he tries to start teaching them the fundamentals of basketball, because of course, bat fundamentals, Andy, win games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just asked fun- Tim Duncan the big fundamentals, what they call him. Exactly, man. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. Tim Duncan. Uh, Duncan Donuts. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Fun charity montage. Uh, still in 2D, which is great. Uh, I love. I love that they haven't switched over to 3D yet in this. Uh, and bugs. And he's like, they all start doing Looney Tunes things. Of course, LeBron kind of rejects that idea. Says this isn't real basketball. But Bugs says, but it's fun. You remember fun, right? And he's like, no, I've been, I've been a massive sports star and just a mogul for most of my life, so I don't remember that. Anyway, LeBron's wife shows up to find LeBron and Dom, uh, and she wants answers from their public, their uh, agent or manager, Malik, who does not know where they are and is freaking the hell out. And I love that little scene he has with the security guard where he's like, just come clean, dude. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no I'm not going to complain. He starts screaming at him through the phone. Al makes Dom a player in his own game so he can be the player his dad always wanted him to be. Dom turns up the juice on his stats to 100%. Quote, now you're finally going to be who you really are, captain of my basketball team. And at first, Don was, doesn't want to do it. And he says, but your dad wants – he's like, you want your dad to respect you. You beat him in a game of your own making. You make him see that you are special. And Dom takes the bait. He says, do it. Upgrade me. He gets upgraded. Dom. Oh, Mike. Some, yeah, I love that moment, Nick, because if you play a lot of sports games, like I know I do and a lot of these guys do, every single time you're like – all right, I'm going to be legit about this. What's my ball handling? Maybe 75. What's my speed? Like an 82. And then you look at it, and just like, like Don no, Shield says, you turn that shit up, and you crank that thing to 99. It's like you just dominate now. I do Mike, that every single time. Mike, how much virtual currency would you have bought on 2K to get your player in 99? <laughs> hundreds of dollars. Dude. Don't, don't tell Greg, but I buy hundreds of dollars from the VC. Two things about this. One, Mike, this LeBron only gets funnier behind you. The more <laughs> yeah, I yeah, get it's there, that I look up and it's 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 worth it every time. Uh, I think it was this scene, but uh, when he t- turns it to the the ten and it starts going up, the power up sound is Godzilla's like roar power up. Wow! Uh, so I was cool. like, oh, that's mm. fucking sick. 
Um, back to the plot here. Dom sets about putting his own team together using prior scans of uh, superstars, which he takes some uh, liberties with. He starts combining them with like other cool powers, and we'll see those in a bit. In the outside world, world the fam gets a tweet from LeBron about the game, and uh, Camille figures out she ha- she she's like, I can track, reverse track uh, his phone with mine, which leads them, of course, downstairs. LeBron and the team head back to Toon World uh, and smash Marvin with only one hour left until game time. He tries again to teach Bugs footwork and Bugs does an MC Hammer impression, which again, nothing more relevant now than, than Hammer time uh, until LeBron pulls his marker out of his hand uh, inside the lines. You do what I say. No more fun. Uh, excuse me. No more fun in games. Fundamentals win championships. Uh, Al, of course, shows up and upgrades the tune to 3D. This is where we actually get the look where he's like everything. And I like this, too, because he comes in and just kind of makes the the big idea about it where he changes the environment first and then changes the tunes. And it's kind of off-putting at first. But like I said, I kind I got to do it after about 10, 15 minutes. Rosario Dawson looks like she did play Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, Barrett. I think Barrett confirmed that earlier for us. Oh, that, gotcha. It's awesome that they got her for that one line from a couple lines that she had there. I thought that was really cool. Nice little Easter egg for anyone that watches the uh, Warner Brothers animated properties. That's great. I didn't know she did that in any of them. That's very cool. You didn't know she was one of them? Yeah, she, she, I think I just watched. I forget which one I watched that she was in, but she was she was one. I think she was one of them. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, anyway, and the tunes are in 3D. And it's crazy. Never thought I'd see the day. Never really wanted to see the day. But here we are, Looney Tunes in 3D. Anyway, Al calls in every character from the WB catalog to spectate as LeBron's fan makes their way down into the basement where Warner 3000 server rooms are. Al starts the live stream, and everyone uh, watching gets sucked into the Warnerverse to watch. Uh, Camille and the family get sucked in, too. Darius tells his dad that he's playing Dom's game, but LeBron tells him not to worry. I'm LeBron James, damn it. Uh, Al ups the stakes. If LeBron loses, everyone from the real world that got sucked in will stay there forever, and the tunes will be deleted. It's like, oh, no. Uh, then we get introduced to the Goon Squad. First off, the White Mamba. Then Wet Fire. Then Arachnia. Then The Brow. Which I have to imagine, is Anthony Davis? Is that the name? The, the yes. guy's name? Is he tired of this yet, or is he just leaned into this joke? You got to lean in, bro. Yeah, well, like that's that, what these movies are. It's his marketing. Yeah, yeah he like, he will never leave that. Okay, he smart, like man. to the point where he had a an April Fool's joke a while back to make it look like he was getting shaved. <laughs> but Mike, like, were you expecting Braun to just straight up roast his ass at the end of it? Didn't he roast him at one point, right? I thought he did, where he was like, he it's time him. to it's time to split that down the middle or something. I was, I was surprised by I mean it, it, it was kind of it felt like a uh like I hope I hope Anthony Davis watches this because I want him to know that like just get rid of it. Enough with the unit with the unit <laughs> like, I, I have, like it I have was the crazy. line written down. It was so good. Yeah, it was just really my, I was like, wow shit, he went at it. That's crazy. Cause like yeah. if anything, Anthony Davis, go after LeBron's hair. Come on, dog. Like and then, I mean, you are you are fifty percent bald, LeBron. Quit trying to fake this shit. Let's let's let's, let's not. Oh, I, they didn't. They, he put a like bandana on to go to sleep, a do rag. <laughs> like let's yeah. not. We're not Greg Miller here, okay, guys. We don't throw stones, okay. We're we I'm don't in the glass stones. house of my own making because I smoked a lot when I was young and I didn't start taking the pills till I was twenty six. So let's not start throwing stones at people that have mm-hmm. a little balding back here. A little no, it's fine. Look, I'm not here. making fun of balding. I'm making yeah. the fact that like you're straight up just covering it up all the time. Uh, with fake hair, and then you're making fun of uh, Anthony Davis' unibrow. Like, come on, you can't have it both ways, LeBron. Well, I mean, unibrow is easily fixable. Baldness, they still haven't come up with that yet. I mean, somehow LeBron, because in this movie, he was he was looking great. 
Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, he always looks great when he gets the fake hair. He yeah. always looks great. I remember one time looking I great. I don't know if this is a popular opinion. I have a feeling it's not going to be. I thought the 3D stuff actually looked really, really, really good. Me I was too. very, oh, very so impressed with the visuals from this point on in the movie. I thought it was actually a really good choice because obviously the last movie was in the 90s and there was that novelty of the real world animated thing. But like whether it was, you know, Wayne Knight inflating and like that was right. kind of funny to look at, but it was like, scary at the same time like this kind of just worked the entire way through and i think that a lot of that was because of the bad guy team and like i was invested enough that like i don't know these players that well i've heard of a couple of them and you know i know clay thompson or whatever but uh the game time thing right like the setup it was like oh they're gonna pay that off and they fucking paid it off and i loved that because this moment where they introduced him i'm like where is he that's kind of weird that like yeah that reference was gone. And then when he comes back later, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Think about the amount of times, Tim, that we've seen movies and said, wow, that green screen looks really bad. You can yeah. totally like this does not look good. I thought any time LeBron was on this fake digital court with this fake gigantic digital background, it always looked really convincing. I thought it looked pretty damn good. Yeah. The only thing that, like I said, it was a criticism I had at the beginning of this. The only thing that pulled me out was that I kind of wish that the crowd was CG as well. Because I think when you have the mixture of other live actors with King Kong in the background, it just felt very costumey, like very, very spirit Halloween yeah. costumey to me. Um, specifically when you see Batman and it's not Adam West, you know, it's like it's a guy dressed as Adam West, but it's not Adam West. Or you see Voldemort and it's not Ray Fiennes as Voldemort, it's someone else. Uh, not Voldemort, excuse me. Um, I'm mixing up. I'm mixing that up with uh, Lego Batman. Uh, when you see uh, Mr. Freeze and it's not like Schwarzenegger's Mr. Yeah. Freeze, you're like, well, this looks like it's just a random person that they got off the of Hollywood Boulevard to come be in the back of this. I wish they would have gotten the likenesses and just CG'd them back there. And then I wish the crowd was pushed a little bit farther back because at times it's a little hard to figure out what's going on in the action because like the crowd's like got their toe right on the line of the court which was a little claustrophobic. At times it felt like there was a basketball game going on in the middle of a Halloween party where yeah. you just have all these folks that are just dressed every every sort of way. And because yeah, there's so many people, none, like they don't stand out as well. Like there were points where I was like, oh, that's the mystery machine. But aside from those, a lot of, a lot of the crowd kind of blurred together in a way that was very crazy. And I kind of wish that they would have like, I like Nick's saying, right, backed them up or toned it down a little bit because it felt very, it felt jarring to the actual action on the on the court, which I thought, to your guys' point, looked really good because they. I felt like they committed to a lot of the 3D animation, and it felt like they were like, "Cool, if we're gonna do this, just make it crazy. Like, do all the effects, mm-hmm. do all the and uh, all the UI stuff. The all the UI. UI on the ground. Yeah, that yeah, was all cool. Uh, I, I thought they did a great job with the crowds, and I thought that the the commitment to the visual style they went with really led to you being there was consistency with the entire uh, perimeter of the court. So that, like bless you're saying, like oh, there's the mystery machine or there's this whatever. It's like once you caught that one Easter egg, it's like then next time you can look. Okay, what's next to it? And to kind of work through. And there was a really good consistency of understanding where the different characters were. And like we saw I the monsters. Yeah, we did multiple times. That was cool. cool. I I liked it. I thought they did a good job of making the visuals unique enough uh, individually, but also like to not be too distracting with all of them, all them together. So speaking of the mystery machine, the all-stars, I'll just wrap up some of my hold up is that's here. So I wrote down game blouses and then I wrote, uh, hold up, is that the mystery machine? Hold up, is that Space Ghost? Hold up, is that the clown from It? Hold up, is is that an ice demon? And then hold up, are those the monsters? Yep. Yeah, like I had seen a lot of those characters in all the previews, but Space Ghost floating looks so dope. 
that yeah, was so really cool, cool to just kind of see him flying up there uh obviously we had kind of done that sort of trailer breakdown where we looked through a lot of the sequences to kind of point out who we could find in the back so a lot of those weren't super surprising but space ghost is dope i wasn't expecting to see the monsters in that sort of close-up fashion i thought they might have been a tiny little uh easter egg but it was really cool to kind of have them get that one sequence so they're straight on in the camera uh, of course, LeBron tries to convince Dom that Al is manipulating him, but Dom tells him Al is just misunderstood, just like him. Uh, and then we get the line we were talking about earlier where he tells the brow, I think it's time for your eyebrows to break up with each other. Which I thought was great. <laughs> it's uh, funny when you say it. Yeah, and LeBron doesn't know uh, what to do. Uh, so Camille lays it out for him. She says, you got to win that game and get our son back. And he's like, all right. Then they bring in the announcers. And I think these two, I don't know a lot about sports, but these two guys to me just worked. Um, me too. Yeah, Let's see. That, that's Ernie Johnson from TNT. He is a, a he's an icon in the basketball world. Hall for what of he famer. does, yeah, yeah. Legend. You you will always know that voice, and that was awesome to have him. And then I have to give a shout out to Little Rel, who he makes yeah. these movie appearances all over the place, and it's just funny, right? He's a good guy. He's a fun time, and for him and Ernie to be up there, that was a really good call because they could have gone like Shaq and Ernie. They could have got Charles, but like to have Little Rel, that's that comedic touch that you guys talk about of like what was missing with LeBron to have Ernie and like an actual comedian who was somebody funny. That was a good combo right there. It hit really well. Um, I agree. Uh, let's see. We're playing video and okay. So we get Ben and the announcers think LeBron has it in the bag until Dom steps on a power-up move and gets the tip off. We're playing video game rules, style points and power-ups. Ladies and gentlemen, the goons run up a hefty score very quickly and bug tries to get LeBron to think outside of the box, but LeBron still wants to play fundamentals, but he gets dethroned when Don Dom steps on a power-up. Um, things go from bad to worse when Foghorn the Leghorn gets ejected, and then desperate LeBron tries a power up and gets catapulted into a force field. Uh, and then of course, I think Lowe all of this works so much better than the first movie because they set every element up to kind of work better than we saw in Space Jam One, where having the commentators kind of explains to the audience exactly what's going on if you don't know. But then on top of that, it being a video game and them setting up the rules of the style points and all that stuff led to the score just being ran up and like we're talking about thousands points versus whatever this was more unbelievable than the first movie but the rules were more easily understood so it didn't feel like it was just looney tunes anything fucking goes it doesn't matter it was like no they're playing within the rules of the universe they set up here and i i, I enjoyed that a lot because it added a lot more stakes and tension and the back and forth of the game itself felt like a basketball game where it's like oh shit they're up they're down this is happening the halftime all that stuff etc whereas in the first one it was kind of like Oh shit, I guess the game's happening now. And oh shit, I guess the game's over now. Yeah, in the first one, it felt like the scenes were very much all right. Here's a comedic scene. Here's another comedic scene. Here's somebody getting trounced by a monster. But you never felt like you're actually in the game. You felt like you were just watching a collection mm -hmm. of funny moments. Whereas this one actually felt like there was something to follow in terms of what the, was happening with the score, what meant score, what um like what the the moment momentum of the game was. Like by halftime, we we very clearly understood what was going on, and it was easy for us to follow the comeback as well, which was fair, fairly better done than I'd say the, the actual game in the first movie. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sports movie. You know what I mean? It's got the traditional beats of the sports movie in it, and it plays out very well. Uh, whereas I think, yeah, the first one, to your point, Bless, it's like a weird montage of fun scenes that don't really culminate to anything. Anyway, in this one, of course, uh, the Toons try to, uh, let's see, the Toon Squad sub in their first substitute, Kronos. Uh, and this is, I thought this guy's super cool. The Toons try to combat that by subbing in Roadrunner, but the bird is no match for Kronos. 
And then they end up running up a final score uh, leading into the half of 1,039 to 37. And it is not looking good for the tunes. Uh, we get a hey, Kronos is as cool in, in the game as he's in real life. That's Damian Lillard, Dame Time. There is nothing cooler than when the Trailblazers are down by 13 in the fourth quarter and Damian Lillard hits a three and hits another three. And it's a, and suddenly he's looking at the crowd, Nick, and he's going, it's Dame time. Like, it's it's my time. Everybody mm-hmm. walk the fuck away. Yeah, get away. He's, he's just the coolest fucking basketball player I think I've ever seen play the game, dude. That is exactly why I think this movie yeah. works, is I don't know that, but this movie taught me that. And they yeah. did a good job using the commentary people, using just the, the, the skills and stuff. And, like, that's why I'm let down that LeBron's move isn't really, like, a LeBron thing. Uh, um, great use of his song as well. Damian Lillard likes to rap on his downtime. Like great use of his song that hit well, and uh, a fun little beat with uh, playing with time, which we'll see later on, which was cool. Uh, we get the cameo here, another cameo from the Monstars, the OG Monstars in the original form, and then Al congratulates Dom on being amazing, and LeBron is heartbroken going into halftime. They need a miracle. Luckily, Sylvester found them just that in the form of Michael Jordan. And that's that. Ladies and gentlemen, that gave me chills. Yeah, number what is it? Twenty three. What was his number? I forgot. Six foot six. from North Carolina. What I'll tell you what what would have made this sequence more special for me is not say Michael Jordan at all. Just we found somebody near the near the sidelines. I think you're gonna like who we got, and you hear the music hit, and you see just the footsteps. Uh, and you hear the the fucking like the hype up, and you're getting ready. And you're like, no way, are they about to actually fucking do it? Because when they say the name Michael Jordan up front, I kind of know it's not going to be Michael Jordan. I don't know yeah. why, I and know. I, I, I needed that sort of hint towards it. Yeah. See, I'm on the opposite side. I was like, oh my god, could they really bring him out? Like, what if they did do that team up? It would be bonkers. And so I, I was really hoping for it. But yeah, I thought it was better with the comedic payoff. It was funny. The- I'm on a third point of this where it's just like, I knew it wasn't going to be Michael Jordan. Right. Like they, they did that scene way too well for it to have actually been him. Like that would have just been like a, Holy fuck. I can't deal with this type <laughs> hype moment. And I was just like, I, they're not going to do it. I didn't expect the payoff of it being like when they said, Oh, it's Michael Jordan. I thought it was just going to be like, Oh, it's some dude named Michael Jordan. It, the fact that they got Michael B. Michael Jordan, B. Jordan, like it, that's just one of those jokes that somebody must've came up with in the writer's room. Yep. And everyone's like, if we can pull that off, that's going to be fucking awesome. Exactly. And like, it really worked for me. And shout out to Michael B. Jordan for doing that. Oh, yeah. I've been trying him. to hype just, him up. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. You got this. I, I like the Michael A. Jordan line. I, oh, I had a lot of fun with that. His airness? Yes. That and then good. Michael B. Jordan walk away and be like, hey, you came back from from being down 3-1. You got this shit. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I liked as well when we started halftime. If you remember Space Jam 1. It was all about Bugs Bunny giving the big hype up speech. I love that it was Lola this time. I thought yeah. that was really cool. I liked that touch right there. It went a long way for me. And I like that. I also you know. love the transition of that change of character from Le- LeBron being like, "We're doing this my way. We're doing the fundamentals." To having that, we, I know we talked about it at the top of the episode, but the just the handoff to Bugs uh, and the Looney Tunes going, "All right, right, you guys got this," and them actually being like, "Cool, let's do it our way." Right. I thought it was yeah. surprisingly well done and surprisingly hit me in, in the emotions. Yeah, I was like, "You're not me," like, and that's the same issue I'm having with my son. You aren't. You aren't me. Why? Why should yeah. I expect you to be? Be you. You know. Yeah. I think yep. it's such a. I was telling. We were saying in the beginning of the show, but that's such a an easy thing to sort of hit, and they nailed it. And just like it, it as they should have. Because if they if they botched that, I would have not been happy. Because <laughs> like that's such an easy thing to hit right there. 
Uh, of course, he does that, and it culminates with him handing Bugs back his marker. Time to let you guys do what you do best. Uh, of course, we spot the Animaniacs on top of the ship as we come out of this uh, into the second half. The tunes start to pull ahead with some really creative tactics, including a rap battle led by Notorious P.I.G. <laughs> this is my I'm, favorite part of the movie. <laughs> this I, is so good because it felt so ridiculous. It felt like it was a reference to Space Jam One, the soundtrack, the Buggin uh, Buggin song, where they have kind of a posse cut where, where Bugs and all of them are rapping, mm-hmm. but just fucking Porky Pig being shy at first and doing like his stuttering thing and then and it going dropping in, some fucking bars yeah. at the end of it. it was fucking fantastic i look uh what, what was the bar where he was like uh you know your algae rhythm but you got none legit fucking amazing shout out to this scene it's too good it ending I, with that's all folks i was like oh yeah I, the beginning of this of him stuttering getting into it and the end of that's all folks i was like i'm fucking here for everything in the middle i was like oh this I'm, is I'm no, totally with Tim. I'm totally with Tim. Oh, I or like, I oh. I hated most of it until it ended with the that's awful. <laughs> like where you could see the barb right before it uh, rhymes with folks and you're like, oh, here's oh, how it's going to end. And that's yeah. when it like sort of all came together for me. But for the most part, I'm just kind of sitting. I'm sitting right here in my chair watching my TV like, uh, <laughs> like I don't Thank like you. this. Oh, man. <laughs> uh and they start going right taz spins the the court around uh which which so makes the, the team score on themselves unfortunately and al starts losing control which dom sees while he could he uses a bullet a ball multiplier and the roadrunner's insatiable appetite to run up the score from uh from where they were to uh 10 39 to 10 to, to 1000 so they're getting real close within within uh, shooting distance here and dom and lebron are finally having fun together uh al calls in chronos but granny has a plan to combat that which involves matrix bullet time and a senior discount and then someone says she is the one and it's amazing <laughs> i love that it's, it's dumb and it's totally not earned but the fact that we saw granny in the matrix first and she thought what is the best way to combat the guy that can run really, really fast? And like, it was like a speedster bullet time, slow down time. You guys, somebody gets me anyway. Uh, Lola tees him up and Braun finally uses the power up correctly to slam them into the lead. Uh, LeBron tells everyone on his team to be themselves. And Dom definitely regrets his decision to play for the goons. Al finally shows his true colors to Dom and tells him to get his head in the game. Just like his pops did in act one uh, quote, maybe your dad was right about you. Letting you be, you was a mistake. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm, yeah, that's the part I said. I'm used to the CG now, which is good. LeBron tells them, let's finish this so he can get back to his son. He squares off against his son and stops the game in its tracks to apologize. Quote, your game is amazing, son, and I would have known that if I had listened more. I want you to be yourself. Uh, do you understand how much I love you, how important you are to me? I don't even know if I'm saying this right. And his son, of course, says it sounds right to me. Uh, everyone cheers and they hug, but Al stops them. You two are a joke. Dom tells his dad he's he's got this. He tells Al he's switching teams, and Pete allows it. But Al is the game. He says, quote, King Kong ain't got nothing on me, to which the actual King Kong behind him scoffs. And I thought that was a really, really funny beat. I was like, you're not going to use King Kong in this. And they did. I was like, all right, fine. Give a little this whole bit was kind of like a falling apart moment for me for the movie where I was just like, I get what they're doing. I get what they're building. I think that the words used could have been a little stronger. I think LeBron's acting like really kind of like this reminded me more of the basketball court scene in the beginning where mm. I was just kind of like, I just kind of want this over. Having said that, I was really, really hopeful where I'm like, give me one more dope basketball scene. Like, don't let this be the end because I really thought that they could have just petered off here and like, 
oh, they learned something about family. Cool. Credits roll were over. And I was like, just give us something more. And I'm so happy that they did because I think it it was starting to fall apart, but they brought it back for me. I got a really quick one before we go. Just a fun note of like, was it weird that at the end there, we just threw style points right out the window of like, all of a sudden we were doing a lot of style points, a lot of points on the board. And there's just like, no, we're going to traditional basketball points, okay? Twos and threes only. Yeah, that was, we're that going was to weird one. Like, what are we doing here? Not, yeah, what happened here? <laughs> it's a good point, actually. Uh, of course, uh, Al gets swollen, starts cheating, run back the score. Uh, he uses Tricker to slam the ball through LeBron, putting him, uh, the king, on the floor. LeBron calls a timeout with 10 seconds left. Quote, how can we score if he controls the game? Doc says Bugs Bunny, and Dom gets a good idea. Dad, you remove the step back. It gl- it'll glitch out the game, uh, and the whole thing will freeze. And if he's He's frozen. He can't do anything. We can win. But whoever does the move gets deleted. So, of course, LeBron steps up and tells them he's going to do the step back just like I step up every time I do anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Dom passes the ball uh, uh, to LeBron, but Bugs intercepts. That was so hype. You could awesome. see it in his eyes, too, during the timeout. Like, you saw Bugs kind of give the look, and you're like, he's not going to do that, is he? And, like, Oh, man, when that happened, it was like, that's a cool moment. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's see. He passes it, uh, which glitches out. Uh, but his shot is short until Le- Le- LeBron steps on another power-up. But he's not going to make it either. Dom thinks fast and throws the power-up into the air underneath his foot, giving his dad uh, the extra little oomph he needs to push uh, through and take that donut to the shop. I'll I tell that I, line. I'll Thank you, take, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, take the donut to the shop. What makes this scene even more hype <laughs> which the other movie didn't have is this one. We have Ernie Johnson doing hype commentary and being like, mm-hmm. he's not going to make it. And like, that's the sort of shit that gives you the chills when you're watching mm-hmm. an actual really legendary sports moment and you're hearing Mike Breen going, bang, a three pointer from Ray out. Like those are the moments that get you fucking hyped. And I think that this movie did so much better having those commentators there, not only obviously telling you what's happening on screen, but just sort of adding to that hype. Mm hmm. Um, let's see the tunes. Of course, the shot is so dope. It posterizes Al G. Oh, and so here's the thing. Like this moment to me, not as cool as the Jordan arm stretching. He's turning into a Looney Tune. Mm. However, way better setup. And like, this is one of those things where I'm like, I, I, at the end of the day, I have to side with this one because it was set up. There's the payoff, the kid throwing the thing, video games, blah, blah, blah. All that fucking worked. The posterized moment though. It was one of those things where they set it up so perfectly that I, I watched it here with, with Cool Greg and James. And right when that happened, all of us were like, posterized. Oh, shit. And then when they did it, it was just like, damn, I am an eight-year-old boy right now. Like, they yeah. set that up so perfectly for the slam dunk of just like, yo, this movie fucking rocks. <laughs> um, Let's see. The tunes win and turn back to 2D, which is nice. And everyone gets to go home, including LeBron's family. Uh, but it's not all fun and games. Bugs is still glitching out of existence uh he says bugs uh lola says bugs that's the least loony thing you've ever done and he says you got that right but taking care of people you love is fundamental that's really good uh tune world turns back to its 2d state and bugs is elated we did it we're all back together again that's all folks and with that he glitches out permanently uh one week later we're back in the real world braun uh walks dom to what he thinks is the basketball camp until spoilers is actually really e3 game dev <sighs> camp and he says, I figured it's about time for you to do you. Uh, of course, Dom heads in uh, to the camp, still holding a basketball. And Braun shoots, uh, shouts out after him, hey, he says, Dom, give me, you know, give me the ball back. And uh, Dom says, you know what? I think I'll hold on to it. 
and it's nice. That was a killer moment. That yeah. was I liked that moment a lot. I know it's cheesy and dumb, but like that no, moment went far. I loved that. I thought that yeah. was great. And then out of nowhere, Bugs comes back <laughs> and he says, "What's up, Doc? I told you I'm a tune. I can survive anything." Uh, and then he asks, "He's like, do they have carrot juice in the real world?" And the bronze like, "Dude, we could juice anything here." And then the Bugs is like, "Can I come over?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's Taco Tuesday, Taco Tuesday." And then the bronze uh, with and then they walk away and he's then he immediately invites the whole gang uh, to stay with him too. And he says, "You can't get rid of us now, Doc. We're family." The end. Mm. Andy, Andy, did you know that Nick was going to laugh at the Taco Tuesday line? Of course. Oh, everybody loves the Taco Tuesday line. (laughs) Taco Tuesday. I hate the Taco Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. I love the Taco Tuesday line on Instagram. Taco Tuesday. It's good. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku. In review, uh, there was no post credits in this, but I did really, really appreciate. It. I don't know if you guys saw at the end, it was the little crown for LeBron and like a similarly stylized carrot for bugs. And I was like, all right, this is oh, kind of cool. fucking hype. And I wish they had that in the intro. But, anyways, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like Zade Wilson did. This HBO Max commercial went really long, plot just wasn't strong. And then, oh wow, that is twelve syllables. This HBO Max commercial seventeen syllables went really long. Yeah, wow, holy shit. Good job. Um, And then Zed Wilson also says, also, would it be all right if you got my submission for the first Space Jam into this week's Haiku and Review? It's absolutely on me for getting it in late. I need to pay more attention to the schedule, but rhythmically, it's one of the best haikus I've ever done, and I'm really proud of it. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go back and try to find this, and I'm not seeing it. No, this sucks. I'm so sorry. Oh, wait. Oh. Here we go. Zayn Wilson. Welcome to the jam. Mikey, the man and the tunes as a team their fam they tear up the court with a last resort b-balls one hell of a sport wow that there was you good go, Great there you go zade yeah and then miscellaneous or no nanobiologist saying this might not be ours but the new generation has their own space jam so there you go and then miscellaneous of course gives the plot in haiku off to a good start goddamn cast is off the charts then the tech shit starts Al challenges him. Motivations fucking thin. The squad up begins. Hate the CG team. First half down. They're doomed, it seems. Bring those Toon squad schemes. Toons are back on top. Meaningful convo with Pop and teams. Dom just swapped. Bugs risks, risked all to win. But no, he's alive again. Whatever. The end. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Not bad, there not bad. it not bad. is. Uh, and that's all we got. That's all we got. Now it is time for a little bit of that ragu bagu. Do 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 ragu. Do 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 bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk Bad Guys here for Space Jam in review. Number one on the list, the Monstars. Do we feel the Monstars were better or worse than the Goon Squad? This is a little it's, tough. It's because weird because I think that they do good at the stuff that the other squad doesn't yeah <laughs> like i you think wanna, you want to put them on the same line i i think this i think the original monsters are a lot more fun because it's fun voice actors and 
its good line delivery and its silly shit and all the stupid lines that they have are really funny and they have really good personalities. In this one, I love how different everybody is. I love the different powers. I love that they are their own sort of super villains. Um, and I think that their action on the court is way cooler than what they did in the first one. But uh, I don't know. I still like the personalities of the first ones. What do you guys think? I'm easily thinking that number two is better than one. I really like Don Cheadle. I thought that he gave uh, a really good kind of like ironically grounding to the rules of this world and kind of I enjoyed him as a presence and him being part of the game at the end, I think made a lot of sense for what they built. And I think that like Andy was just saying the the squad themselves was was awesome. And I, I think that their transformation and the way that it all got there and what they actually did in the game and all that stuff is like infinitely cooler than what we got from the Monstars, even though, of course, they're classics. And of course, I have a lot of, of nostalgia tied to them uh, and, and their lines and all that stuff. I just think that this is it, it's undeniably better. Yeah, I go I go back and forth because I I would say I, I might like the Monstars more than the Goon Squad, but when I think when I think of like the the main villains at the very top, I'd say I, I like uh, what, what was it Danny DeVito who Danny did the DeVito. yeah I forgot yeah, yeah. I like Danny DeVito more than I like Don Cheadle, um, but also like Goon Squad had some had a lot of good things going on for him in terms of, like the cool abilities and I thought Kronos was really cool, but. Kronos for me was the highlight for the Goon Squad. Whereas for the Monstars overall, I just thought they had fun personality, and especially when they're little monster beings, I really love the voice acting there and, and their goofiness. And so I gotta go one over two. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, I, I totally wow. forgot about that. That I, I was just going Goon Squad versus Monstars, but yeah, Danny DeVito, I think is just way more fun as a bad guy, and I just don't. I don't know, man. Don't. I, I just feel so alone in this, thinking that Don Cheadle was like just not great and entertaining to watch. I thought he was. I thought he was fine. I don't think he was great, but I also don't think he was the worst. I think he was pretty serviceable. Like I would have preferred somebody who would have brought a little bit more personality or comedy to it. But I think for for Don Cheadle, for John Cheadle doing what Don Cheadle does, I thought he did fine. I'm, I'm going to go with Danny DeVito over Don for sure, but wow. I'm going to go with the Goon Squad over the Monstars because they actually had five of the biggest players on planet earth and they were all super dope and it was a ton of fun to see them transform and do all their moves and so yeah i'm gonna have to go with the goon squad i am with mike and tim on this one i think the goon squad is better in almost every single way and i like don i like the fact that don Cheadle was actually a real character as opposed to danny devito no no disrespect to danny devito only in the movie for 30 seconds so there you have it ladies and gentlemen space damn ragu bagu goon squad number one monsters number two there you go. Now it's time to rank the Space Jam Cinematic Universe. Currently, number one is Space Jam. Mike Howard. Ooh, I get to kick you, it off. You get to kick it off. Dang. Space okay, Jam, well, a new legacy. Above or below the OG? I'm going to go with above the OG. But right now, I think that was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. It had a lot of heart. I think it had a great message a family of understanding of growth from LeBron and his family and his son. And I really loved what we saw, right? We saw an expanded roster of the Looney Tunes. We saw a lot of WB properties and it was really fun to go to all those different worlds and have them blended in for the final game. And I absolutely loved the goon squad, right? I really liked what we saw there. I loved how they elevated that. And yeah, I really dinged it for the soundtrack and I will not love it because of the soundtrack. I'll always love the original for that, but I think, if you put the two in front of me, I'd probably grab number two right away. And I'd say, let's turn this on because it's fun. 
Andy Cortez. For the same reasons that Tim had uh, explaining what he thought about this movie is why I think this movie is below the first one. I think that uh, at the end of the day, in a year from now, we won't be talking about this movie. Uh, this movie very much does not have those memorable moments. Um, I think it. I think it's overall a better sort of formed movie in terms of having uh, setups and payoffs and... But I just don't think it, I don't know, it just feels like it's sort of lacking in a lot of other different ways. And I think the original Space Jam is just so iconic. And I was surprised I liked it as much as I did the last time we watched it. Um, so, yeah, this goes below the first Space Jam for me. Blessing. Yeah, I would have to put this one below the first Space Jam. I think there are so many things about the first Space Jam that makes it iconic in terms of the just... The memories that we have with it, scene to scene to scene, where every single scene I could tell you what what this is leading up to. You know, Tim mentions the the characters burrowing underground in in uh, Michael Jordan's front yard, and that's the thing that I think about so often. Along with the the basketball Jones scene that I'll always reference, and so many different parts of that movie. I feel like there's so many so many things about that one that, that gives it more of the iconic status versus this one uh especially when you get into soundtrack when you get into characters when you get into all these different things this one i absolutely adore and i do think that this movie is, is going to stick around with me uh longer than you guys are talking about i think there's so many things about it that uh are reminiscent of the original movie when you're talking about the star power when you're talking about how awesome the looney tunes are when you're talking about all the references like that stuff worked with me but in the same in the same breath, there are so many parts of this movie that feel like they are produced by a marketing machine that I can't ignore. Like it feel this feels like a hey, let's make Space Jam in 2021, and it abides by pretty much every single movie rule that you would expect from a mainstream popular movie in 2021. And I think that gives it less of a unique, uh, uh, special nature to it versus Space Jam One, which fair enough, like also a marketing machine, but. I don't know. Something about that one just hits different for me. Something about it makes it more uh, stand out to me than this one. And so, you know, that also also there's the fact that for me, this one goes on a little bit long. I wish it was tighter. I wish it was an hour and a half as opposed to almost two hours. Um, but yeah, all that considered, I, I put Space Jam 1 over Space Jam 2, A New Legacy. Yeah, for me with this one, I think that A New Legacy, the highs are higher uh, and the lows are higher than with the the first one but i think both of the movies suffer from we want more from what they actually ended up being like there are even the first one it's like the hype moments it's like we wanted more from a lot of the moments that weren't necessarily as hype but at the end of the day this movie doesn't have as much of the things i love most about space jam as an idea and as a concept so it gets a little complicated to me of like ranking these but i think that when we're talking about like a movie and something that like i actually want to watch I think that it's easily a new legacy. And I think that that's just because of what Blessing just said of this is developed and made like a movie, whereas Space Jam didn't necessarily feel that way. And I am pleasantly surprised by uh, how they kind of used the whole marketing scheme. And this is just a movie that's a commercial for HBO Max and Warner Brothers and, and all that stuff. I thought they did a much better job than the trailer led me to believe. And I kind of wish that Space Jam 1996 or whenever it was did more of that. Um, I think that this one treated the Looney Tunes with more respect um, and treated LeBron with just as much respect as it did uh, Michael Jordan in the first one. So I'm going with a new legacy. I also think that like on any given night, if somebody was like, what do you want to watch tonight? You have two options. We're hanging out. 
Do you want to watch the first Space Jam or Space Jam A New Legacy? I don't know if I'll ever watch this movie ever again um, by choice. But if somebody, you know, if, if we're happy to rewatch Space Jam, the first one, I could totally see myself being like, fuck, yeah, it's got some stupid nostalgic stuff that mm -hmm. I'm that I, I dig uh, quite a bit. And um, yeah, for some reason, this movie just reminds me of a lot of the the Lion King remakes where I watched it once and I'll never think about it again, unfortunately. But with that, Andy, and, and I don't think that you're necessarily wrong there, but for me, I would rather just listen to the soundtrack any day of the week than oh. watch either of these movies. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think it's necessarily like, I don't ever want to watch Space Jam 1 again. We did it for an interview and I'm good. Mm. I don't ever want to watch this again either. So I don't know what that says, but still, it's like, I do think that this movie not having the music is a, a major, major hindrance to what it could have been. But Nick, where are you at? Uh, I'm firmly in the camp that I think this the the new legacy is better than the first one. Uh, I don't hold the first one in any high regard. I remember watching it in theaters being like, that's interesting. And as a person who wasn't especially into sports, specifically basketball in the 90s, I was aware of Michael Jordan and his prominence. But this movie didn't really this doesn't really it's not special to me at all. So this so I'm just viewing these strictly as, you know, the merits of the their composition, their story and whatever character arcs they're going for and the ones they nailed. And I think this is a full movie. Whereas um, Space Jam, the original Space Jam, feels like it's an interesting experiment that worked. This feels like, hey, let's try to make the best movie we possibly can with the biggest basketball star on the planet right now, who is not necessarily an actor, but we're going we're gonna to do what we can. And I think they ended up pulling it off. I think kids will like this movie a lot. I think adults won't be bored when the kid wants to watch it for the 18th time. Uh, well, they will for the 18th time, but the first couple of times they'll probably be into it. Um, and I just think this is, I think the extra 30 minutes really works to, to, to develop those character arcs and to the B story. And I think it all comes together nicely with the exception of the fact that bugs just comes back from the dead for no reason, but that's a very bugs thing to do. So um, yeah, I think I put this at number one. Let's do the ranking. Who thinks that space jam, a new legacy is better than space jam. Raise your hand. Nick, me and Mike do, which means the rankings for Space Jam in review so far. If there's a sequel, who knows? Uh, number one, Space Jam, A New Legacy. And number two, <laughs> Space Jam. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Who would be next, Mike and Andy? That's a great question. Is the issue because I, I would bring up. Yeah, but see, he's the same age as like LeBron, really. So he'll fade out. So you look at the next generation and you'd probably point your finger towards Zion Williamson. And the issue is Zion just doesn't have the charismatic energy like LeBron does. And so as of right now, I'd say nobody. There's nobody that will replace LeBron James Hughes that we see right so, now for quite some so time. So do we Luca. then we pivot and then do another back in action type of movie? No, I think we do another movie with LeBron and more people surrounding him in the cast i mean it's oh. not that hard because because we didn't really see i guess we how did we end up with warner with the, the warner 3000 right he kind of just gets stuffed but he doesn't get destroyed the servers are still there so i think it's like the revenge of don Cheadle and al you know out the algorithm and they have to recruit and then we do get the ensemble cast where it is lebron you know grabbing the bill murrays and things like that to come back and play a basketball tournament or something like that i don't know that's but that Woo. was my because Lord knows, I mean, LeBron can't play forever. I don't know if I don't know where he's at. Is he still playing? I don't know. This is that's yes, that he's still playing. So he's how much longer does he have left in his career? Do you think? Who? I mean, Nick. For people real? Said, people said that he was going to be bad like four years ago. <laughs> so Mike we don't five more years. I think he'll be around the league for five more years. He's so waiting he, for yeah. little Bronny to make it, and they want to play together, and that would be about five years total oh, to make this shit. happen. 
That is the coolest thing ever. That's wild. Yeah. Bronny is currently playing in high school at Sierra Canyon down in LA, and he is dominant. And the rule is you have to play one year of college basketball, go straight to the G League. Bronny will probably play one year and then go immediately to the league where they will put him on LeBron James team. He's and like they the will new make Brett Farmer. Oh, like God. every year we expect him to retire. Yeah. It's like, now nah, I'm just going to keep going. Like, That's what? really cool. Jesus Christ, dude. I do so, love the idea of an ensemble movie where it is maybe the top five players in the league get together, where it is get, LeBron, yeah. get stuff, get, get Kevin Durant. I'm just naming players. I don't know who's in the top get right now. Get back some I of the older guys them. that don't play exactly. Yeah, have some yeah, fun. Call with it get Space a Jam All-Star. Yeah. That's I mean, perfect. Perfect. honestly, when yeah. Bronny is old enough, right, and all the restrictions are taken off, I mean, maybe it's Bronny and Braun, right? And they have a father-son Whoa. duo for the next Space Jam. They could do that for sure. Space Jam All-Stars Battle Royale. It's 100 basketball players on an island. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Ah! let us know in the comments below what you think about Space Jam and Space Jam, a new legacy. Like I said, we're returning next week to the MCU in review and then Pixar in review and then DCEU in review. And it's just going to keep going and going. Guess what? We're returning to Edgar Wright in review with Last Night in Soho in just a little over a month. It's about to be a really good rest of 2021. Thank you all for joining us remember podcast services kind of funny in review patreon.com slash kind of funny if you want it ad free and watch live as we record it all that good stuff until next time mike thank you for being a part of your very first in review blessing thank you for being a a part of your very second in review mike i need to ask what game boy is that that is my original Game Boy Pocket. I have me and my brothers. I have the blue. He has yeah, the red. That's the ice blue. I yep, wanted that uh-huh. so bad, and I love you so much. Till next time, <laughs> I love you guys. Bye.